You are listening to the Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can support us. Anyway, support us is amazing. Look for our special VIP tier. It is a $5 tier that gives you access to a top secret Instagram account. Uh, but thank you for joining us. We have an amazing show today. You know, it's been seven years since Borderlands 2 dropped, and the world is thirsty as hell for more looting and shooting in Pandora. As Borderlands 3 dropped today with massive, just massive uh, sales and social media attention. But by all accounts, reviews and early impressions indicate the game is pretty darn good, but also pretty darn Borderlands-y. You know, mostly the same formula, with mild changes to round out and modernize the package. Um, <laughs> speaking of fish, you really need to modernize your package. Uh, that micro, that micro penis is a little dated yeah, at this point. I need to, yeah, I need to get an upgrade here. Tiny houses are in, though. I think he's got a fairly modern package. That's true. Yeah. He he just kind That's of lucked true. himself into being modernized. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah, um, I, I don't think those he... those tiny houses are very like uh, mainstreamy though. That they're kind of a niche thing, but th- okay. they are unique. So. Tiny houses for a man with a tiny penis. Mm. You know, micro penis two point as they say. Mm. Um. But uh, whereas games now like uh, <laughs> whereas games like I'm just thinking of fish living in a tiny sad little house, those little micro Whereas games like Wild WoW Classic now um have basically people longing for that nostalgia, you know that original experience unchanged after years and years of expansions, um that brought years of evolution. Um, so the topic of the show we started thinking, let's discuss that. Let's discuss the idea that about games that stay very much the same um and how much that matters to us those incremental changes if they're going to basically keep the same formula so the topic of the show is going to be a lot of fun we'll have the uh at sword trump instagram audience going to chime in with us we're going to discuss that um i'm looking forward to it and next week i know a lot of people are going to listen to this hoping for that borderlands talk we have a huge twitch stream sunday with Borderlands 3, and then next week we'll have all the Borderlands 3 uh, re- review roundup sort of talk that you could possibly want. Um, we have some fun poll topics to break up all the serious babble as well. A man paid $41,000 to look like Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. Did he succeed? Gears of Boar 5, am I right? The Curse of Beauty. And more voted on at the at Swordchomp Instagram community. Um, we got a lot of games to talk about. Oh, I know last week was a little, we cut it a little bit short. We have a ton of games to get to. Um, <laughs> Gears, Control, 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 Control. Excited to talk about that. Um, what is it called? Blasphemous. A weird-ass game Josh is playing. We'll get to that. Um, Final Fantasy VIII, a lot more of that. We've had some, Shay's had an amazing Final Fantasy VIII stream as well. There's so much to get to today, from games to the topic of the show to polls. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's bring it in. Let's bring it in with some intros. Um, the one and only Filipino Johnny Depp is here. Uh, Fish, uh, we love you. Um, thank you for oh. being here from Texas. You love me. All right. We do. We do. Uh, yeah. I love the way uh, this podcast is starting with some love here. Thank you. I'm going to be nice today. Fish, I have a game. I was playing a lot of Devil May Cry 5 uh, this week on Game Pass. Uh-huh. And how's this for loot? There's a boss that you kill. And out of its corpse, a naked woman slides out. Uh, and when I saw that, I thought of you. 
naked. I wonder. I wonder why. Why a woman, you know, just covered in slime comes oozing out of a boss, and you just immediately think of me. I, I, you know, obvious reasons, but it's such a god. That game is fucking wild. Uh, but, but I saw that I'm, I'm gonna get that on the Instagram this week too because it's such a crazy thing. Like you kill a boss, and literally a naked woman comes sliding out of it. Um, fucking devil may cry, man. It's weird. It's some weird shit. Um, yeah. I should have put that. Should have put that in the intro too. Goddamn. There's always something that I forget in the intros. They're too goddamn beefy. Um, you already got it out. There you true. go. Feeling good. Glad to have you here, fish. Um, and I know you're a good sport. You're you're very vulnerable with our. Instagram community, I saw just today there was a post from the Filipino Johnny Depp about how you uh, shaved only one leg because you wanted to feel like you were, you know, cradling a woman at night when your legs touch each other. So, I mean, yeah, that's, vul- that's vulnerable. I appreciate hey, that. Or is it because you I, wanted your shaved leg to feel like there's a man next to you? That that too, Josh. I mean, yeah. once you, you get, get the up best to, of know... both worlds, there. However, <laughs> you're wow. feeling, you know, it's... That, that's kind of weird to transfer your senses though between legs, you know, Josh. Like you don't necessarily think about that on a oh <laughs> sentient. Yeah, you're putting your whole spirit into one leg. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, ambidextrous there. I like that it. sounds interesting though. Okay, uh, very smart. You know, you got to fight the loneliness any way you can, fish. And I think it's clever. Um, and I'm glad yeah. it worked. So. Mm-hmm. A lot of long, lonely nights. Whatever it takes. You're a brave man. And putting your soul out there. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here, Fish. Uh, from Japan, we have the one and only. No, damn it. I can't do that. Fish can't be the one and only. And then Shay is the one and only. The professor, Professor Layton uh, from Japan. Now, Shay, before you say anything, this is important. I want, this is the first time and only time in the show history that a guest can introduce themselves because I wanted to give Shay a chance to clear the air on something uh, from a couple weeks ago because I just, I love him so much. Uh, so the first time in history a guest can introduce themselves with one of their thoughts. I, didn't start, I started the second season uh, yesterday, actually. And um, I enjoy the show because I enjoy kind of like the intrigue behind it. But I like I don't get off like I don't enjoy particularly looking up like serial killers or murderers or like mysteries or anything like that. It doesn't interest me because Okay. So so why don't you give me a chance to clear the air here, Shay? What's going on? <laughs> I already know what's coming. <laughs> no, I uh I think with like all the serial killer stuff and uh, like the murder shows and the murder podcasts and stuff like that. I think there's some level of glorification there. So I try and avoid like looking all that stuff up because it, it's not really applicable to me. It doesn't, I thought it didn't really interest me until I finished the second season. And then I changed my mind, obviously, which I'm sure you're going to play it. Is there is there another audio clip you're? No, no, play? that's fine. Uh, you went down the same rabbit hole I did. I don't need to play anymore. It's fine. I don't want to. I'm trying to yeah. shame you here. You went down the same yeah. rabbit hole I did. So. No. <laughs> well, of course, because the way the way the second season ends, it's without revealing. Literally, I, I will do my very hardest not to reveal anything. Just the way it ends, I was curious, so I went and did some research, and I that's as 
much as I can say without spoiling anything. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you know anything about what they're detailing in the second season, and you haven't finished the second season, you know how it's going to end. But I was still surprised, because obviously they're mirroring real-life events. And, yeah, it was it was intriguing to me. I wanted to know what happened. Yeah, I, they have- the when Atlanta Child Murders is, and he's in reference to, yeah, Mindhunter 2. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. I'm with you. I want to give a chance. Cause I is. remember sh- when we talked about it, Shay was kind of like, I don't want to say he's being a little dismissive, but I, I don't think he thought it was going to get him like it got me. And he was like, oh, Morgan, you're falling into the fad of all this murder mystery stuff. Look at you. Um, but yeah, it got me too, man. It got me too. Uh, it's, it's a wild story. It, it got me to the point. It got me to the point to where I wanted to just know why the show ended the way it did once i researched it it made a lot of sense Uh i still don't i still don't enjoy very much all the other things like making a murderer uh what what is that a last house on the left some or there's some podcasts that are really famous for like detailing like serial killers and murders and things of that nature i don't enjoy those personally I have other things I could devote my time and energy towards. I understand the value in them, though, especially after watching the second <laughs> season of Mindhunters. Oh. <laughs> I just, I don't personally enjoy it. Um, Until next year when I, you I'd, tell I'd us your favorite... Yeah. Until next year when your favorite TV right. show you... <laughs> is making right. a murder. Six, months, six fr- <laughs> months from now, I'm going to be like, did you hear about that one killer in Europe? <laughs> yeah uh that might hurt too man i can't stop that that child murder case is crazy and i'm, I'm still on board with wayne it williams is. being guilty as fuck so anyways i want to give you a chance to clear the air because i know you you felt that way before you had a chance to watch the show and that's always frustrating when we record the podcast lens we say things and later on we're like man maybe i jumped the gun a little bit i i i don't think like last thing i'm gonna say about it because then we got of course we got to get into the actual content um I don't, I still feel like, you know, there's a lot of glorification out there of the people who do this. And I think that we could kind of parallel that into some other topics, which we're not going to do because we don't have time and that's not what we're focusing on today. However, I do feel like there's some glorification there. And I don't want to spend my time glorifying anybody who commits heinous crimes. I also see that the value is studying the psychology of why people do this and why certain people who have mental illnesses don't do these kind of things and get the help they need and are okay. And there are other people with mental illnesses that go undiagnosed or who don't get properly treated, and it turns out to be cases such as this. The psychology there is what's most interesting, not the acts themselves. Okay. Well, I opened a bag of worms there. He's <laughs> really particular about that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Shayla, for clarifying that. Uh, and you're really good at playing both sides of the fence. I just want to say that. Um, was it both sides of the field? What's the? Phrase? I always like. I always like to look at the bigger picture. Nothing's black and white. So I like to look at everything. All right. Speaking of which, yes, Josh. Uh, Joshua Fowler's here from Michigan, the one and only. Mm-hmm. You're all the one and only today. You're all the one and only in my heart. Oh. Um, Josh, it wasn't the no, it wasn't weigh-ins. It wasn't. It Wayne wasn't one of the weigh-ins. <laughs> no, it wasn't one of the. Thought weigh-ins. you were bearing the lead there. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the hardest. 
There's scary more? movie was the, scary movie was the the darkest crime they ever committed. Mm. Um, okay, <laughs> but um, God, I'm all fucked up. <laughs> uh, Josh, I heard you were uh, streaming some horrible shit this week on Twitch, bringing my children in their living room, and you're just what is this sacrilegious shit you're throwing all mm. over my TV? Yes, actually, uh, <laughs> I I was planning on playing this again next week um but i decided i i was playing blasphemous which is a kind of a side scrolling soulsy sort of uh castlevania metroidvania type game um which i've really been enjoying um that like i said i took took the vod down of because there was just way more nudity in the game than I was expecting going into it when I started streaming this game and uh, realizing that for, you know, I mean, it's a game with a lot of, like, hellish imagery and whatnot, so tons of the enemies are just naked, and, you know, in most games they get the Ken doll treatment, but no, there are quite a few swinging dicks in, uh, in this enemy lineup in this game that uh now i'm interested i, I decided maybe <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't stream this and risk that being an issue so mm. i mean, so, yeah, I mean what, they're what tiny Twitch little is, yeah. you know three pixel tall swinging dicks but uh <laughs> my, my... but just the same that's true i mean just... swinging i'd appreciate pixel it. dicks of any sort is just it's not the size yeah. of the pixelated dick josh yeah <laughs> it's not you, just, you see that action of just swinging you're like oh yeah it's like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of good that you ended up taking the VOD down because I know usually when stuff like that is streamed, Morgan gets very jealous about the size of the penis. I know. And we we don't need that yeah. influence. No, no, I'm just, no. Yeah. No, we There's, don't. Yeah. And, you know, if I was being a little bit honest, I get a little bit jealous too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Is the third pixel really <laughs> necessary? Like, guys, come on. What, what right. have, These are unrealistic expectations for men to live up to. <laughs> come on. No man has three pixels. Yeah. Two at best. I mean, like, the most I've seen is two pixels. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pushing, like, three fourths of a pixel at this well, point. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. the thing is, even if you've got a, a three pixel, you know, monster going on there, why wouldn't you just, you know, be. <laughs> classy about it like have like you know kind of an off angle or you know it's like tasteful yeah you know yeah, just, just tasteful Artistic. you know you only yeah. see two pixels of it like why why yeah, is right. it do we need to see all three pixels well, on top of that it's the gratuitous. pixels are perfectly straight i mean that's just on that's unrealistic beauty standards i mean like yeah so like two of the pixels going up and then one to the like adjacent like nobody mm. has a perfectly yeah. straight pixelated penis yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um speaking of, speaking of perfectly straight penises. Uh no, I can't can't say that I'm a, <laughs> uh, I'm a left crooker. What can I say? This is General Mountain Time here, um, from Montana. Morgan, if you're nasty. I guess I'll cut mine short because uh I did sucker Shay into that whole mine hunter talk. Um you did. It is content, Shay. Don't. It's okay. It's content. It's your opinion. It's your hot take on the Ch- Atlanta child murderers. Nothing's black and white. Shay Layton, quote that. Um, True. 
except for unfortunately they were all black kids that died which is very sad um but today's show in particular is interesting because borderlands 3 inspired the idea the topic of the show about familiarity and change and and whatnot and this is something we've never really discussed in detail on the show and i thought that comments might be a good way for us to stimulate conversation as well, so we don't repeat ourselves too much. But we had a lot of feedback um, Thursday, and every Thursday I put up a question of the week on the at Sword Trump Instagram. Say most Thursdays, and I let people respond. And we try to grab some for the show. One thing people love is that they want to be able to have the dialogue with us, and we can and kind of bounce off their discussion. So we're gonna go through some of those. But yeah, it's the basic idea is: Hey, Borderlands Three, people have been waiting for it for seven years. It's supposed to be really fucking cool. It's also supposed to be very much the same. Does that even really fucking matter? Why? Why not? How do people feel about that? It's uh, that's the blunt version, but there's there's some interesting sort of philosophical angles I think we can take when it comes to game development here. So um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited, and it kind of gives us a cheap way to kind of talk about Borderlands without actually, uh, you know, playing it yet. <laughs> that's how we do it. Um, so let's let's do that's a lead off. Yeah, it's true. Oh, I like that face, Shay. Wish people could see that on the webcam. Classic Shay face. Um, <laughs> that's that's the sad part about not doing the video podcast. We all I make know. these weird ass faces and do this weird ass shit. Nobody ever gets to see it. Yeah. It's true. One day, yeah. if you support us enough on Patreon, it could happen. One day, it could happen. It could, yeah. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. One day, you could see f- the Filipino Johnny Depp abs rippling in the webcam. <laughs> they oh, can yeah. that'd be that'd actually be a different podcast actually mm, that's the podcast i've been shooting for my whole life uh but let's pull up some questions of the week here first one comes from reeve matt i wanted to try and grab some new names if i could uh reeve matt said the games can be similar but they need to be able to stand out from one another when i think of the borderlands series they all blend together in my head they all feel the same and none really stand out um how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I, I think with the Borderlands games in particular, yes. Like, they've gone for the same tone for all three games. Like, really. Yeah. Like, not just the same setting, the same tone. Like, they've got a thing where it seems like they're they're trying to hit basically every note the exact same way they did previously. Uh, for the most part. Um, which Which... Yeah, like it, that's going that that is going to turn some people off if they if they want a new experience in a game. There's just there is none to be had here. Uh, so yeah, I I I I can I can feel that with Borderlands particular if if it's if you're looking that's for something the right new. Example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I can kind of chime in on that as well. Like whenever I play Borderlands from one, two, and the pre sequel, like the only thing that really changes uh, for me is that I notice that like like throws me off is whenever I look at how they change up the game or the gun cards because the entire entire game's about you know looting fucking uh. uh as many weapons as you want and like getting into different classes like yeah, you eventually like realize what what all those guns look like and what mm-hmm. they can do and um, you've seen the tagline right 18 quintillion guns i think that's it right mm-hmm. uh yeah 
I think that's, that's a no man's. That's a no man's. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, get to me. Uh, um, I thought yeah. Fish was just gonna agree with me. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that was the number. Um, sorry, Fish, I cut you off yeah. midpoint. It's such a terrible thing for me to do. Yes, you're right. It's about all the guns. <laughs> yeah, it's all I about the guns. Then, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you did throw me off. Uh, no, no, I agree with you. So you're saying the only thing you really notice is like small things, like the gun cards, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, and like going through the campaigns and everything, like it's it it ha- kind of has the same standard. Like there's certain peaks and valleys with the storyline. Um, for me at least, that I enjoyed. Um, uh, s- some of the uh, DLC in Bo- the original Borderlands was actually really good. Um, uh, going all the way up through the all that, and then going through Borderlands Two and playing through that game. Um, like it, it, they hit like a note for me to where like I'm I'm just totally fine, you know, just playing through it casually or like gaming, trying to game through it with a certain goal with um with a certain someone, you know, and um it it it's it's kind of a comfort thing knowing that you can go from one game to the next game and you know know what know exactly what you're going to expect out mm-hmm. of the game as far as there like gameplay and everything yeah. so i didn't um, have to i was going to badger you for the why 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 but you, oh, hit, yeah. you hit the comfort okay gotcha yeah it's a comfort yep yeah. Yeah. all right well, no bet no slapping the fish today uh shay what's your thought on i guess the larger question i mean he uh, reeve matt gave the borderlands as an example but uh just wanted your follow-up on that as well yeah, I feel like it kind of like what Josh said, it's largely what they've been going format wise. And it's kind of the same thing with Pokemon as well. They they kind of have a thing. And that was kind of my mm-hmm. initial inspiration for this question is thinking about Pokemon because I know a lot of oh. for me, when I initially first got out of Pokemon, it was because of uh fatigue for the series. And I've been feeling that because I never finished Sun and Moon because I was feeling fatigue. And this new one's coming out, and I want to be excited. I really am trying to be excited for it. I've even been telling people I'm really excited for the game, but I'm not that excited for it. And I feel like because it's, um, I just need a break from the series. And like Borderlands, the first one, I I enjoyed it when I was playing with people, and then by myself, I didn't enjoy it so much. Two looked like a lot of fun. The pre sequel looked like a lot of fun, but it was just like I know it's a lot of the same thing. Borderlands 3 I'm actually kind of excited for because I've had enough of a break but yeah I think that uh, there's nothing necessarily wrong with doing the same thing because at at some point those games kind of start to fall behind in terms of graphics in terms of controls in terms of just polish in general and so making one that's kind of like an updated version of itself with adding a little bit more content, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that, personally. I just, I I know, like, I like to see a little bit of growth and development in that. And if that's the, the level of growth and development that works for some people, that's cool. It, it doesn't always work for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of truth there, for sure. Um, I think it's interesting you bring up Pokemon as an example, too, because I'm with you. I do get a little fatigued. Um, but I think the difference is that Pokemon is sort of like a, an ecology, and every game sort of adds to that world. So even though they don't always hit with the same level, 
you're sort of just adding it's a very unique thing i think what's tricky about borderlands is you could say it's still adding to that world but it feels a little bit more along the lines of just like a narrative sequel kind of a but, thing you know i mean it's it's kind of it's kind of the same thing if you think about it like it's not going to be one to one comparison so bear with me here but with something like borderlands you're getting a bunch of new weapons um you're you're basically your instrument of winning the game so to speak mm-hmm. is new it's refreshed but it's other iterations of itself and when you look at pokemon yeah. you're talking about the ecology of it but the the instrument you use for winning the game which is the pokemon and ultimately that is what you're doing you are using the pokemon they're iterations of themselves because you only have a certain number of natures you only have a certain number of types so at the end of the day i mean they might be vastly different animals quote unquote or uh inanimate objects they might be different skins but at the end of the day if you break them down to their most basic core they're variations of themselves and it's when you look at it in that way it's very largely the same what they're what these games are doing here one one is a looter shooter but the instruments are iterations of themselves and that's the draw there is you want to get yeah. all the new new types of guns with pokemon it's kind of the same thing it's not a looter shooter I, but you're going out trying to find all the pokemon i i i respect what you're saying i disagree but i respect what you're saying but only because of my personal views which are that genre has a big part of this conversation when i think of like the the monster like ecology or growing or fighting genre and how limited that is think of a fighting game like how little the smash brothers games you could argue change but in reality there's a lot more change going on under the surface but by design the fighting game genre uh, is sort of set up that way i don't feel as critical towards something like smash brothers as i might be toward you know the fourth uncharted game because of genre and i think for me genre and and plays a large part of what we're talking about because there are very few games like pokemon out there um, but you're, so you're not wrong. I just think that for me, when I think about that, I'm going to lean more toward the genres that feel more unique or mm. it makes more sense for them to be more similar. Um, mm. Whereas something like Borderlands 3, I feel like it's mostly out of safety. It's out of, oh, we just want to make a game that people like and sells well and we don't want to, um, what's the word, um, push away our hardcore fans. I don't know why that word was escaping me. Yeah. We, um, we don't want to like sort of push away yeah. our hardcore rock, fan rock base. The boat. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like with after the first Borderlands came out, the whole premise of it, you know, being this new planet that is being essentially stripped of all its resources by this big evil company and there are just a few people kind of stuck down there putting up with it. I really thought we were going to get like a new planet for each of the game. Yeah, me too. I I really thought that's what was going to happen. And then we've been on Pandora this whole time, just flushing out just this one little, you know, kind of scrappy town on this one planet instead of showing kind of like the bigger picture. Like I really thought we were going to have this just sprawling kind of like space epic by the time they you know, we're done with the series and that doesn't seem to be happening in any fashion. Um, and again, like that's fine. Like Borderlands is still a solid game that you just kind of, yeah, just sit down with, shoot a bunch of things with your friends. But 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I was misreading that, but it seemed like the expectation off the bat was going to be, you know, explore this one world and, you know, like all all the plot threads relating to the like yeah. the the ancient alien powers and whatnot seemed like they were leading to it being a bigger story. Grander, yeah. No, I think you're right. Like I remember going to like a lot of when Borderlands the original came out, I was pretty into it. I remember going to a lot of like forums and talking to people and like people are excited for the idea of something like Border Worlds. You know, playing yeah. with the title obviously Borderlands to Border Worlds, but something on a very massive scale. Mm-hmm. And then Borderlands two came out and people were like, Oh well, you know, it's still Borderlands, it's still cool. And look, I love loot games. They're a lot of fun. I get it. It's sort of the casino thing. Borderlands has a, a nice quirky style to it. You know, I it's very popular for that reason, I think. People really yeah. get down on... It's a great game to play with friends. Loot games are addicting. And the characters have a lot of personality and quirk. It doesn't work for everyone, but in a lot of ways, people cosplay it. They get down on that sort of, um, you know, poop jokes and dick jokes. That, good, that's fine. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I thought it was going to go that direction. Um, but that's why I think they've just been playing it safe. Uh, let's see. Um, Los Gatos Muertos said, as long as they don't advertise it to be a completely new experience, then yes, it's fine. Also, unless you're one of these sports games that cost 60 bucks every year with very little improvements. Of course, mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. What do I know? They send millions each year. I think we'd agree with them on the sports thing. That's probably yeah, the bigger... Yeah, the, kind of the, the yearly release thing has always yeah. felt unnecessary to me because so many other games have kind of kept their communities around and working without having to do a yearly release mm-hmm. um stuff like diablo they still have new seasons new stuff coming oh, out yeah. there's still a community around job. that yeah stuff like mm-hmm. you know league of legends or dota well, or something like that they're able to keep the same game going for a long time and sports games in particular stuff like modern warfare like it doesn't seem necessary that we get a new one as regularly as we do so yeah i i I agree with you there like i feel like there's always room to to have more of something you like but i don't see a yearly 60 dollar release as really necessary like i i kind of get it more for the sports thing because you're you want to get the new players or whatever but even that seems like you could do you know we, we, we've we talked had, about this before but like, we, i was gonna say you know. we, if you missed our sports show we had a really good idea about just releasing dlc and having one version of the game and the dlc you pay 20 bucks for yeah but it's very extensive roster yeah, like all, changes all the new visual improvements yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. all the new stuff that um, you normally get. like that that i don't know if you guys saw that meme that was going around but it was basically someone's playing um the new madden game and they saw <laughs> they saw a banner in the game for the last year's madden game that the developers <laughs> forgot to take out it made it it made it who knows oh, if why but it made it seem horrible. like they literally just copy and pasted this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um jesus i know that is right horrible we figured that ish we figured that shit out man just dlc mm-hmm. and that's you have a good point josh because people like blizzard they say we're gonna make one insanely good version of the game and then just support it and whenever we do decide to make diablo 4 it's gonna be really special more than likely yeah and it's Um, not just a matter of the quality being so great which it is like diablo 3 was great we all loved our time with it but also when that new game drops you know there's gonna be support for it for years it's not like this it it doesn't immediately have a shelf life like so many other games do like if you wait a few months to get a modern warfare game for whatever reason 
well, maybe maybe I hold off until the new one comes out in you know two weeks. Um. So yeah, it. Hmm. Yeah, well, and there's this is a good example because um, Naaman said depends on the title. For example, Sekiro is perfect example of how Soulsborne's titles should be. All upgrades, including being more aggressive in combat, until unlearned instincts of playing a Soulsborne title. Um, now, now what I think he's getting at is they could have made another Dark Souls Bloodborne style game, and they kept enough of the DNA, but they did try. Now it didn't land with me 100, percent but you have to credit them for trying an- to step enough out of the box, give it a narrative, change the combat um yeah. around them but it still feels like one of their games right and that takes a little bit of bravery because nobody knows what Sekiro is it's a new ip um mm-hmm. and then there's value in that so and some people like josh really really loved it i think you guys all really liked it but josh really got into it so oh yeah yeah i think josh beat the game so yeah oh yeah 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 like i went through and beat all the optional bosses and stuff as well just because i was Loving crushed it. it. So. Crushed it, Fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've been waiting I, to go through with... I mean, th- there's still nothing announced, but all their other games have gotten DLC at some point, and I cannot wait for some sort of Sekiro DLC, hopefully. I, I will say the, story, the narrative approach didn't really connect with me. I wouldn't mind them going back to the more vague... Like, I thought it was cool that they tried it, but I just... Maybe it's just my personal taste, but the narrative that they... Um, concocted for Sekiro didn't really connect with me. I kind of like the weird open vagueness of the Bloodborne and the Dark Souls games. I wonder if they'll still... It, you know what uh, I mean? It gets there. Like, it starts out with, like... It does, yeah. What, it seems okay. like it's going to be more of a traditional narrative, but you start realizing that a lot of the stuff that they just tell you right at the beginning of the game isn't straightforward, whereas... Uh, in a lot of games that start out the exact same way, you'd kind of know where it was going from the beginning. Okay, I need to save the princess and whatnot and, you know, move along. And that yeah, ends yeah. up not being exactly okay. the story they're telling. So More straightforward at the beginning, but then mm-hmm. it opens up to a lot yeah. of the weirdness. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So it gets more like their style of storytelling as you go into the game. Yeah, so, so much so that, like, there was one part that I came across in the game where, like, I was climbing up this cliffside um, and fighting, like, these, like, Buddhist monks-type enemies. And there's, like, there there's some, there's this really cool little side mission there, if you pick up from it. But, like, you, you come across, like, this big old, like, disfigured dude, and, like, he tells you about this weird stuff. And I, I don't want to ruin it, but, like, it, it's... It reminded me very much like a uh, Dark Souls type of uh, uh, storytelling type of thing, but um, yeah, 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 it, it does get there. Yeah, like Josh said, it's a good example of um, them kind of stepping out of their fo- comfort zones, which uh, takes some bravery. Um, let's see here. Troy to go says, with games like Madden and FIFA, I think they're just cash grabs. They don't make enough improvements year to year i want to read that just because we already talked about it and i hope you like our proposal uh reverend rock and roll by the way shout out to reverend rock and roll got me a copy of control that i'm going to talk about later um which fish and shay will be able to borrow if they decide they want to because we share games um just out of the kindness of his heart and really loved control and wanted uh you know for me to experience it so i could talk about it on the show and i will so thank you thank you reverend yeah the rev the rev came through for us if you're lucky fish will play 25 minutes of that game so thank you 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> better be gonna... happy, Rev. You better be happy with that 25 minutes. Reverend! Every time we say the Reverend's... Well, I guess I was thinking about like revving like an engine. Um, he said, I'm conflicted with this. I loved Borderlands 2, but I don't think the humor and tone will hold up with me nowadays. That's why I want to read this comment. This is a good one. I'm typically wishy-washy... Co- <laughs> I'm the typical wishy-washy consumer. At least you're honest about it. If you don't change your product, I'll complain that it's too derivative. If you change it too much, I'll be saying it's lost its path. <laughs> it's tough to balance. It's tough to balance, and that's why it's time to stop beating every game flat with sequel after sequel. Yeah. That's a good comment, because he's basically uh, being honest about playing both sides, and... You know, that's, let's focus on the... He says an interesting thing about the idea of something in a game not holding up later on, and that's sort of when those games start to get phased out, right? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of like either Assassin's Creed or Modern Warfare. I, I seem like they have a shelf life, and eventually the reviewers start saying, okay, this is more of the same, but also this thing that's the same is no longer the standard in the video games, and it feels dated. And that's when it becomes a problem. And maybe mm. Borderlands is going to get away with that because nothing about it will technically feel dated unless it's being compared to itself. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but that's an interesting idea, right? Keeping in the familiar the same, but then down the road, that familiar somehow it doesn't hold up. Like a comedy you loved in, from the 90s, and you watch it now, and you're like, man, yeah. you laughed at all those jokes? Uh-huh. Well, I, I kind of think of the, like, the Halo series. Like The first one was great, or was good, um, and then the second one... And... Whoa, you, you, st- you didn't stop saying great to change it to good? The hell is wrong with you? Uh, because I played it so later on as... <laughs> <laughs> he literally said Halo is great! No, no, no. Yeah, I, I had to fix it. I'm sorry. Like, uh, I've my personal opinion. I just had to throw this in here. Like, I don't <laughs> think it's the greatest Halo. Let me just put that out there. Uh, I really like three and ODST. Anyways, as you go through the series of Halo, like eventually, like once you get to ODST, like you, they they change it up with uh, just like that small little thing where like you have like a detective mode almost type of. Uh, nor feel to it where you're going through a city and yeah. like it was like this weird it was much different like halo experience yeah. um not playing as master chief but like it's still in that world and i thought that um i i don't remember like the reviews back then on it um but like it, for me like seeing that was like that was a really freaking cool thing and like i i i have a feeling like some people didn't really like that because you didn't play as Master Chief, and like they changed up um, mm-hmm. some of the combat stuff in that but, game. Yeah. But I thought it was like a awesome, like new experience in that game. Yeah, yeah. ODST is. I I I I've not seen as many praises for it as a lot of the other games in the series. It's kind of because of what you said. So many people didn't like that you weren't playing as you know the Tonka Tough Man anymore. Um, right. Hey now. But yeah, ODST really is one of the best in the series by a pretty good margin. Uh, and it's doing so many just different things, but still telling telling an actual interesting story in that world was really cool. Seeing how, how this war is affecting everything else going on uh, in the world yeah. is really cool. Because that's something that like so many people, you know, will talk about, well, oh, the books are great, kind of telling you the rest of the story, this, the whole, you know massive conflict that's going on and seeing way way more of it than you get in just the the main games and odst kind of feels like the only one that 
really gives you that sort of feeling like what is happening here because you're you're seeing it like you said it's got this ton of, kind of def- detective feeling to it because yeah you've got a hub world where you're 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 playing by yourself kind of going around trying to find uh clues about what happened because you were in a mission then it went bad and you don't remember what happened so you're kind of going through and finding all these clues to figure out what happened and then playing through these more bombastic like set pieces that you normally get in the halo missions to yeah. uh, to see the actual battle that happened and it like was, memories kind of yeah. like looking through memories basically yeah yeah, and, yeah and it really was well, really interesting I, as far as just yeah what they were able to get across with another halo game okay okay mm-hmm. i agree fish i'm very I'm, I'm glad i was nice to you today because that is probably the best example you could have probably brought up in this conversation because oh, think yeah. about it Think about Halo, how familiar it is, and think about how weird Halo ODST was, right? right. Um, I agree with everything you guys saying, but I did not like it. But mostly, I didn't like it because it was unfortunate to see all their creativity and breaking that mold, but using so many like old parts. Like, for example, it was like the second game on the 360. It was using a lot of like just made-up side characters that technically didn't matter. All the enemies were exactly the same. It was... I, if they had told me the next Halo game, Halo 5, was going to be, um, oh, sorry, Halo, God, Infinite, was going to be structured like that, and it was going to be stuff that matters, and it was like The Witcher, you're like Master Chief walking around a fucking <laughs> galaxy, you know what I mean? Like, that sounds awesome, I'm with you. I just think that was an unfortunate case where their bravery, I applaud, but they had to use these old parts. That's why they did it with ODST, is they were kind of scrapping for that next filler until Halo 4, right? And it was the best form of scrappy filler you could ask for but it was still very apparent to me that that's what they were doing that's why it didn't connect with me it wasn't because i didn't like the premise i thought the pre- premise was fucking awesome um they had just used parts that mattered more yeah i think it i think it would have been more interesting so now i'm really just thinking about that odst thing a lot <laughs> um and that was such a weird weird thing that that was bungee fight though that was oh yeah, brought in firefight, but yeah, I was just gonna say that was Bungie's last Halo game before they moved on to Destiny. Uh yeah, that's right, because three oh three uh took over three, for three four three. Three three four three took over for Halo Four, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Halo Four was pretty cool, but it was also just same formula. But they did a good job of new weapons, new enemy types, brand new environments. It was yeah. it had enough new, even though they kept that familiar structure, and I think that, that really does matter. Um but to be fair, you can make a case that Borderlands is doing the same thing, right? A bunch of new characters, a bunch of new guns, a bunch of new enemies, probably. I'm sure it will be skags, but I'm assuming there's a bunch of new enemies. So There better be skags. Could... There... <laughs> At this point, be yeah. There better be skags. There <laughs> be a giant-ass skags just roaming the Earth. <laughs> or not Earth, but that planet. Yeah, massive. Oh, man. Good memories of that first little area in Borderlands. Uh, just a couple more here. Core in Space. Um, Good friend of ours, a VIP patron, met him before the show, actually on a Skype session. Skype sessions are something you can find on the Swordchomp Patreon page. We would love to meet you. Um, let's see here. I'm definitely okay with the game being the same experience as long as there's a new story. So as I put the best... Um, let me explain. Uh, sorry, the, I got jumbled there. Put it best. The mechanics in the game are a little the same. Uh, and there's no two tools or innovation, but it has a completely new story. I love that. I think that's a fair point. A new narrative is enough for him, is what he's saying. So, you guys agree with that to a point? 
to a point. I mean, we've yet to bring it up, but Final Fantasy is kind of another one of these games that, for the longest time, it was essentially the same mechanics. Like, yeah, until eight, would you say? <sighs> till nine. Um, yeah, they had uh, an active time battle system yeah. where you kind of level up. I would even say till ten. Well, ten is the most. Ten switched like to turn based, so they that was the first time they'd done a major, major relook yes. at how we're gonna. Does combat always have to be the same? I mean, I guess you could say tactics, but they didn't put a number on that for a reason. No. Um, but it was always the active time battle system. There were there uh-huh. they weren't the same. There was there were big changes between them as far as how like the moment to moment combat worked, but it was still an active time menu based combat system from one through nine. Um, and really, it's continued with that same basic premise since then like just with slightly bigger tweaks since kind of you know 10 and so far on since then um but the stories are completely different like there's just there's the no just no crossover whatsoever you're getting a new world a new set of characters new everything except except for basic combat you know mechanics um well, that I mean, the one the one thread of the narrative that carries throughout the games is like they always have someone or something named Sid throughout well, yeah. all their games, and that's that's more of like an Easter egg kind of thing. But yes, yeah, otherwise, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, they've got like little not, things here and there, I'll like the different monsters nine, that yeah. have shown up. Well, the 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 summons usually are kind of the same. Like it, it's kind of cool going, at least for me, going through the different. Uh, um, games yeah. in the series like seeing how what they... does ifrit look like in yeah. this one yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah it's always cool to see like which uh uh gfs or summons they decide to go with it, as far as uh, lineups go and what new ones mm-hmm. they introduce like yeah those were I did cool that too. yeah which shiva is the sexiest um probably the shiva josh showed us last week <laughs> i need to put that the, on the, the actual one <laughs> that should put on the private instagram page um <laughs> Um. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I mean that. Just a lot of in, in, incredible uh, comments. Uh, last one. The Big E seventy eight said that's pretty much what you get with any sequel, with an occasional rare exception. God of War PS four. More of a reimagining, but yes. When I purchase a sequel, that's exactly what I want. More of what made me love the original. And I think there's value as a closing argument there to what he's saying. Right? If you're buying a game with that name on the title then you know they're selling you more of that thing. And I think that that is a very valid um, pro-familiarity case at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely... There's something to be said about that as far as... You don't need to change everything just for the sake of changing it. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, like... I think Mario is a good example of that. They're basically the same. They always have minor changes that if you're familiar with the series, you're going to recognize instantly, like, okay, I, I can do this sort of weird mechanic or whatever. But as far as just jumping around and whatnot, he's got the same basic moveset he's had since the first Mario game, like, on yeah. the NES. Like, it's... They're basically the same. They've just been iterations since then. 
and it's you know infinitely more complex than it was at the time. Hold on a goddamn but, minute. I'm just kidding. But yeah, right. but they've it's been little tweaks to get from there to yeah. here. Um, well, and it's it's a less crowded space too, Josh. Because I think about that, like critics really get down on the Mario Dick every time there's a new one, right? And in, and they're all great games with the like, oh, it's so brilliant. And you play it, and you're like, yeah, this game is awesome. It's clever. But like, is it really as brilliant as they're saying? But I think it's because the platformer space is much less crowded. But for look a at while the there, space. they there was a ton of competition, but everyone else kind of like decided it wasn't a thing except for Nintendo. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. The 3D platformer in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, the Donkey Kong games are still amazing, but they're 2D. So, um, primarily. Yeah. So, but my point was just that Borderlands is in the most crowded space there is. And they're still like, we're just going to do our thing. We're going to have fun. Here's another Borderlands game. And the shooter is the most popular genre. So, it's interesting. I'm excited to... Uh, I see Josh getting ready to type something. And he's just I, afraid to say it on the podcast. Just say it! Say no, it. no, it's too mean. Ah. There's no reason to say it on the on the podcast. Is it mean to me? No, no. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Does it mean right. to me? Yes. That's yes. <laughs> Gosh. <coughs> oh, yeah, that's something we can't talk about <laughs> on air. Sorry, sorry, listeners. You just got to be... Let's just say it was a dig at Fish's ex-wife and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, that is not even Patreon VIP content. That is no, that's not that's, that's not suitable content. for humans. That's that's, that's founder content. Um, anyways, thank you. amazing comments. That's why I thought it'd be a lot of fun to kind of shoot round robin this way, um, because I think they pretty much some like those were all great and they all hit like a different angle of the topic. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, let's swing into some polls because we got a lot of games to talk about. So I'll go through these a little quicker than normal. Shay, are you feeling okay? I know you've been running in and out. Shay's been feeling he's up late Twitch streaming. Okay. I'm Give good. me the okay I'm symbol. Good. He looks like he, he looks very very ill on webcam. Um let me set the mood here a little bit. I'm I'm just sleepy as fuck. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Hold hold on. Put that can back up for a second. So lining Google. Well, no, it's, you're, it won't focus. Turn off the blur my background. You do this every time. We can't see what you're trying to show us. I just thought it looked cool. No, no, no. no it, it's it's still not focusing because it's... Okay, it's a summer shandy Lyman Kugel. No, all right. That's fine. It, was, it didn't look like you pushed the tab back down after opening it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. What is wrong with you? I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. Okay. Oh, open the it. thing up there. Wow! Wow! I'm like a second-rate citizen to Josh. Yeah, no. no who does that? Just pulls the tab up and leaves it digging right in your nose? What? Jesus. Fucking animal. Wow, a beast. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Josh, maybe he holds it up, you know, two inches from his mouth and let it drizzle down just, his just, gullet. Ah, that's what she yeah. said. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Didn't work. Um, okay. Yeah, All right, I'm just making sure... we. I'm Sometimes you take a little more maintenance. You're just you're, you, there's a little bit more oversight required to keeping you presentable. So no, you need true. to make that's sure you my... push the tab back down after you open your cans. So my brain's all over the place. I can't be bothered to shower mm. and do basic things. Like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very difficult having my brain sometimes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so <laughs> uh, also these lining coolers just be my one of my favorite drinks, but they don't compare to fucking. White Claw anymore. Uh, let's get to the polls here. Oh, that phone's ringing. It's a hotline. Fish, you better pick it up. 
Hello? Hello? Hey! This is Soy me, Chop. It's, <laughs> it's Fish. The Filipino Johnny Depp. Hey, I got some polls for you. Stick it right in. Let's try and do a bit there. Stick it right in? <laughs> what? Is that you just get right to it? What are fish? we sticking right in, Good. Fish? <laughs> I did not realize it was a 900 yeah. number to get these yeah. questions that, that answered. Went from, that mm. went from PG to X-rated real quick. Mm. Hey. I think that might be your problem, Danny those... Fish. You're just jumping right in to stick it right in. You need to kind yeah. of work your way up to it. That could be it. <laughs> could I'm, glad, be it. I'm glad we grew up in the time frame we did, because, like, you guys remember those 2 a.m. ads where the girls would be like, oh, call this 1-800 number now yeah. and speak to Fish. The good old days. Those would be the death <laughs> of you. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm pretty like, sure I've seen one of those this lately. this is candy. You'd be like, stick it in. Right now, stick it in. Oh, I, I, see. I don't I like know. He might, he might do well on those, because like, they generally charge by the minute. He'd probably be fine. Like it's mm-hmm. probably cost effective for him. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, I want to say they used to find a way to just charge your back whenever we used to like rotary phones. They would they would find a way to just charge your phone, and uh, so like your people would get in trouble because they would just call it up and then they'd be like, "Oh, I got a forty dollar bill in the mail." Um, yeah. If I remember right, we used to go to like my local library and make some pretty rough phone calls from there. From the phones they had, in, I love they libraries. Had like, they had a I love libraries. It was on a military base. They had like a com- <laughs> they had a communal like library for like uh, people to make phone calls with. So obviously, we were immature children at the time. We doing what we do. Memory serves me right. Um, anyways, now this one, this first poll. Thank you for answering, uh, Filipino Johnny Depp. Happy to be here to give you the polls. Um, I was a little wrong about this. I basically said I asked our audience if the mediocre Borderlands reviews had them concerned. A lot of people, 70% of our audience said no. They were not concerned. Now, a lot of people were quick to write in that the reviews were not mediocre. <laughs> there was a lot of upset Borderlands fans. And I respect our, our fan base, and I quickly did adjust it to say that it was about an 80 to an 85 on Metacritic, which is actually pretty darn good. So... The first reviews that came out before those dropped when I was making the polls, there was a, a 63 from PC Gamer. There was a Kotaku review that called it a bore chore. And then there was like one other review that was not real great. But I digress. I was wrong. Most of their reviews are actually very positive. So Yeah. That first wave, though, was not great from what I've been seeing, though. they The way they gave out those initial copies was not handled well and people were getting just broken versions of the game that yeah make those yeah right yeah that was and it's it's hard to even say that the outlets are at fault for that because that's on you know the developers to make sure you're giving someone a copy of the game that actually runs if you want them to review it so yeah what if our patrons crumpy oh go ahead shay go ahead shay sorry go ahead no, I was going to say with this, I, I don't think you were trying to be adversarial in any way. I think you were just trying to, um, you know, talk about the original initial reviews, you know. And I know how fervent yeah. the Borderlands fans are. There are a ton of them, and they are very outspoken, like with many things that people are fans of. But yeah, 
I know you weren't trying to be adversarial. You just you saw the original reviews and they were not great. So, um, for me, it personally had me worried. I was like, "Fuck, I'm about to buy a sixty dollar game so we can play." Yeah, and it's getting tepid reviews right now. It is, and well, some of those big art like Kotaku, like I really respect like the kind of reviews they do. They're more about they're not about scores. They're about you know reading reading the actual text that they're writing and. And they have a lot of people there generally that you can trust. But look, I'm not trying to split hairs with people. Hopefully they trust us because you're going to get really genuine conversation next week about Borderlands 3. I promise you that. Um, but Crumkey, actually, one of our uh, VIP patrons and friends actually wrote in and said she her counterpoint was that I don't even know if I trust those early reviews because of uh, they were playing like unfinished, buggy, weird builds. Yeah. But that was for the builds that were given to them. So like my thing was, why the hell would Gearbox want people to review those builds of the game. That does not seem like a very thoughtful decision. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that was it was it was handled poorly on their end. That's just Maybe it wasn't ready. Maybe that was the version well, that they had at the time. From what I was It doesn't make any sense really why they did what they did except yeah. that they were being overprotective trying to make sure that you know, people weren't sharing the codes and I think it was just to make sure that only the exact people they wanted to review it early got it to yes. review early and probably trying to make their early reviews better than mm. they would have been by giving it to people who would have been more adversarial towards them. But the, the, if if you send out a broken game in order to accomplish that, it's going to completely backfire. And I think that's what you were reacting to when you first saw that initial wave of re- reviews come out. So that, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, just come on, guys. Like, just stop trying so hard to pad your numbers. I think had they just handled this like a normal, like, even then, because of the, especially the PC side of things, since it's a an Epic Store exclusive, there may be just yeah. weird things going on with how that even handles that because that store is a fucking mess. Still, it is that it, is. it could it could who knows like it may not even be on them. It could have been something with the way they were the only way they could get codes out to people who were playing on PC. So, well, who knows? Who knows? Anyways, uh, let's see. This was just a funny anecdotal thing. Oh, we're gonna talk a little Final Fantasy VIII later, I'm sure. In the game section, a man paid $41,000 to look like Final Fantasy VIII Squallianheart. And I put the pictures up, and 90% of our audience said, no, he does not. He wasted his money because he does not look like Squallianheart. Mm. Very sad. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he could get a refund on that. <laughs> it's really... Why? Man, I... Why would you... Hmm. I don't know why you'd go with surgery as your first choice. You'd think a wig would have been, you know, a wig and makeup. First, first, yeah. and most obvious, you know, plan of action there. Like maybe, maybe we just get a big dumb wig and see if that does the trick. Yeah, I mean, and is he trying to look like the kind of old school CGI pale looking squall? Is he going for the, like, what specific squall is he trying to look like? But I just thought the whole thing was, it's a very comical, like, story of the weird. Like, someone who's that hardcore. Like, I am such a fan, a man crush I have on this fellow man, Squall Leonhardt, from this popular video game. Which, you know, hey. But no, 90% of our audience said, sir, you have failed. 
But they didn't say he wasn't attractive, so I mean, from, at, technically speaking, he could still be super handsome. He just failed at his goal. Sorry. Yeah. 41,000. Plastic surgery has always been a weird thing to me. Like, <clears throat> I'll just say anecdotally. The other thing there is the scar is so distinctive that... <laughs> yeah, you have to get the scar. Yeah, like the scar is like a good <laughs> 50% go of pulling that look off. And I, you can't really go to a plastic surgeon and say, I need a massive scar right across the middle of my face and have them yeah. actually do it for you in good conscience. Good conscience. Take a meat cleaver to me? Yeah, so I... I I think that was always kind of doomed, doomed to failure there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did ask people about insane beauty, which is really just my trick to get everyone to look at Jessica Negri. And 75% of people voted that they couldn't focus on the question because Jessica Negri was in the picture. Only 25% of audience said that beauty is a curse. Um, and, and I thought, what better than to ask the most beautiful man that the world has ever known, the Filipino Johnny Depp, um, is beauty a curse? Oh, yes. It's a, it's a definite curse. You have it, and you're just, you're, you're held Sexless to a different... hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're held to a higher standard, and it's just it's the worst. It's rough. Man. Mm. But, um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> Jessica Negri, everybody. Oh, last one. This will segue right into the game talk. Um, okay, so I guess, Fish, you actually play a little Gears of War? Or is that true? Uh, I did, yeah. Played yeah. a video game? Gears 5? I played Gears 5. I, I played it. Right? I did. Well, I asked our audience, I said, does Gears of War really even matter to you anymore? And 60... Nine, let's just say 70%. Let's round it up. I hate those 1%. Really? 60. <laughs> You're not a big fan of 69. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I can't say that I am. Who would have guessed? Nice. Not a big fan of a nose full of butt. Let's see here. Uh, 70% of our audience said, meh. They don't really care about gears anymore. 30% said, fuck yeah, soldier. Sorry about that, 30%. So, fish. You got in, you popped into Game Pass, spent a little time with Gears of War 5? Mm-hmm. I did, right. yep. Right. And um, so I played the first one. I never got around to playing any of the other ones. So that that's, I beat the first one and that was it. Like, I, after I beat the first one, I thought, yeah, that was a fun game. Like, I, But I never felt like I wanted more of that game, per se, even though it was doing some cool stuff with, like, as far as, cover shooters go and everything like uh, when that game first came out i thought wow cover shooting type of games like this uh, this is something big and like you will get more games that are cool like it and instead you get you know games like not to hate on like army of two because i did like play a little bit of that and had some fun with it but it wasn't necessarily you know what i was looking for as far as like cover shooters go um but uh yeah gear gears really like hit it home inside my head at least in in gaming at that time when it first came out that man third person cover shooters like it they get real intense and they they could get across you know um those certain type of genres as far as like giving you a cinematic feel and you know um feel like you're you're fighting these bigger tougher enemies um with these awesome weapons um 
And um, not any awesome weapon, fish. There's a chainsaw on the gun. All right. Yeah, it's called the Lancer. And guess what? The Lancer from the first game is still in the series, and it's. I mean, at this point, I mean, they shouldn't get rid of that iconic thing, but like, it's it just that's one thing in this this series that just like looking at at all the weapons, like they don't seem like they changed since the first game. Which is like kind of a shame, you know. Like they they've added small things here and there, but like it just isn't enough for me personally um, to get invested in that game, along with the story. And Listen everything. here, fish. Yeah? When you're fighting against the evil monster alien things as a marine, <laughs> locusts. They're called locusts. You don't need a bunch of different guns with bells and whistles. All you need is your super basic chainsaw gun. And your laser guns. Mm -hmm. And that's all you really need. Unless, of course, the enemies are afraid of sound. Bells and whistles might actually be pretty effective. That's Mm -hmm. true. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. But you don't really need them. He's speechless. All right, you broke fish. Thank you, Shay. Um, No, a fish (laughs) was a... (laughs) He's, I mean... To, I don't really know where Shay was going. He's afraid there, of bells and whistles. I, I Sometimes don't know where we I don't. Was going with that. He's deli- He's had a fever. He's in a fever dream right now. He doesn't know where he's at. He thinks he's in the back alley somewhere. Somebody help him. Somebody help him. <laughs> he was streaming till four in the morning last night. He doesn't know. Um, no, fish. I mean, the first Gears of War to set a baseline here is a classic. It was a, a genre-changing cover shooter. Uh, Cliffy B had a big part of it. The legendary Cliff Blazinski. It was an amazing game um, for its time. And then two was the same thing, but made, reminded me like, oh yeah, these characters are just meatheads and they're really boring. And three, they tried their best to humanize it and the gameplay was still solid. Me and Josh played that one together. But I kind of felt the same way. I'm like, I don't know how to treat, I can't take these people seriously. They look so fucking goofy. I mean, like they're, they're, their necks are the, their necks are the size of a fucking elephant dick and it's just i can't do it you know <laughs> I, I was reaching for an elephant body part and for some reason i got dick <laughs> it's easy to see why that would happen that's an easy thing to I mean, reach out an, and grab an, yeah it's a natural thing to reach out and grab on an elephant i guess yeah, I know, right? other than the trunk you know yeah the trunk you know oh, yeah. well they got two trunks you know it's tail it's it's leg you know you could have grabbed any of those but he chose, you know, the appendage. <laughs> it's just... He was already there. Was kinda, yeah, you know, yeah. I like that. I'll just stay on the dick thing. But yeah. no, it's... Gears, I have a lot of respect for the first Gears. and But, like, as soon as I was awakened to how that story goes, I just... I can't take those characters seriously. And that's a me problem. I get that. That's a me problem. But I just can't do it. They're so goofy to me. And I just... I just can't... It, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating, because... You know, I think two and three tried to do some narrative stuff to pull you in, maybe pull some. <laughs> they tried, you know, um, but they're going for the set piece thing. Like a big thing I saw when they came out the first gears was they copied the Halo mantra, which is like if you could nail that fifteen to thirty seconds of gameplay, you got a game. That was the original Halo mantra: was if you can just make that perfect, you can find interesting ways to rinse and repeat that, and you got a classic. And the first gears, I'm telling you, at the time, me and Fish, we were had an apartment together. And we, I got that game for us and our roommate, and we played the whole thing in like two days. It was amazing. It was a lot of fun. So, mm-hmm. it's the weirdest thing. I've never bounced off a series that hard. I've never loved. I, I rarely consider the first game in a series a classic, and then just fall off a series, like I do with Gear. So, mm. it's it's yeah. it's it's strange. 
Um, but fish, how far did you get in the? How far did you play? A couple levels? Um, what chapter did I? I think it was the first act, chapter three. I think is where I got to. Um, did you get to play as the female lead yet? Um, I think so. I think you'd know. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, God. God, yeah, that game is very forgettable about what's going on because, yeah. like, I haven't played any of the other games and they're, yeah. like, they're story-driven. Like, at this point, like, I'm seeing this character named uh, Barrett, who was, like, I guess, like, in the... I don't even know if he was in the first one. Barrett. But... I don't remember who Barrett is, but I'm going to Google it. I heard him. I heard his voice in the robot. Yeah, yeah. See, was... And, like, it, it, all you do uh, at at the beginning is, like, he's, uh, he's like, he's having you go through, like, the... Uh, tutorial oh, type true. of stuff and teaching you how to like um you know get behind cover which is fine in this game i guess like i, I kind of need that to uh you know it is uh, a cover this sh- it is a cover shooter <laughs> i know i know right it's like you're killing why, me right now why why put that tutorial in there but like i don't play any other tutorial shooters where it's just like it's a safe it, it's well that's what you're getting at fish the tutorial is fucking pointless it's I know. It's the fifth game. Josh, this tutorial was like the most basic tutorial in the history I, of video oh, games. It was horrible. It was like doing like a weird like tra- side mission training thing. But and... very plain. Like crouch yeah. here. Oh, robots pop up. Yeah. yeah. Shoot the robot in the head. This is how you change. Why would Run you up to need this... that in a Gears game is the thing. Like, I don't know. Like you could you not get that across without like as they're telling the story. Like Yeah. Like yeah, I seriously. guess that there's this massive war or whatever, but you'd think yes. maybe there'd yes. be a couple scouts or something. There'd be some sort of some sort of narrative reason to have you just shooting a very few things right off the bat so you can learn the stuff yes. without having someone tutorialize mandatory. the whole thing mandatory josh and you know what's fucking wild is that the first mission you do after the tutorial that's like half an hour long yeah you do tutorial stuff in it it's like you walk up to a fucking you walk up to a pipe and it's like hold b to break the pipe and i'm like you could have taught me how to it's like sneak up behind the first enemy you see and hold b for an attack i'm like this is another what is happening here this is unbelievable it's like they had two teams like somebody working on a tutorial and the other team working on the first level and they weren't talking to each other at all. No. Yeah. no. And the thing that pissed me off the yeah. most, I only played a couple of missions because they really advertised that there's a female protagonist and I was looking forward to that. Well, she's not in the training mission and she wasn't in the first mission I played. So, and by that point, I was so disgusted by the game. I was like, I'm never touching this again, right? So understand that my analysis comes from being disgusted from the first couple of missions. Yeah. But I know, that's why I hated, play... you know, Metal Gear Solid 2 so much. Like, it's, oh, they screwed no. up the beginning so hard yeah, yeah. by having you play as this <laughs> old snake character for some reason. Like, I know, had they I gone right in that. with Raiden off the beginning, yeah. it, it would have been a much stronger mm. game. <laughs> it felt to me like they were like, we don't want to alienate the dude bros, so let's get some dude bros in here first, and then we'll get the female lead in. It's, it just it felt like that to me. I know that's very, like... Like, I'm trying to dig at a wound that might not exist. But that's how I felt, because I didn't feel like it was necessary to have those other two characters in there at all. And all mm. the all the advertising for the game are, like, building this female protagonist, which I would like, because I can't really take all the other meatheads seriously. I don't know if she's a good character, because I never got to play it, right? 
Yeah. And I, I, I'm done with the game. But my final analysis of it from me was just that it was the most, like, by-the-numbers video game that you can make. And that franchise, for me, needs... <laughs> that's the last thing I want from Gears. <laughs> Let me tell you that. To me, it's kind of always been that, though, where it's been very by-the-books. Like, even when the first one came out, I mean, the chainsaw gun was cool, but it just reminded me of Halo, essentially. I mean, it's been yeah. very by the books for most of its tenure as a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And and that's the part. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And the um, I will say this. Yes, I know it gets open worldy at some point. I've seen a lot of that footage. It gets into this open world kind of game, but I hear it's kind of empty, but I know it gets there. And maybe the character gets interesting. Maybe there's some really bombastic moments, but I just, you cannot start off on a, in today's climate, there's so much shit I want to play between Control and Borderlands oh, no. and Zelda. It's so fuck- busy right now. Why the fuck am I going to play Gears of War, man? You fucking crazy? Right. Yeah. What drugs are you on? And that's how you start your game off? It's fucking crazy. No wonder that I thing's going straight They could have started pass. it with a fire on a boat that you need to push buttons to, to put oh. out. They could have done that again. Start on a uh, start on a high. <laughs> I mean, it's so many games, Josh, from God of War to Red Dead have found fun. Like, look, I wasn't a big fan of the Red Dead tutorial, and I love that game. But games have found a way to make the tutorial cinematic, narratively important, interesting. We're we're past this. You walk through a thirty minute training thing with dummies. We're past that. You know, I just yeah, I know. I just yeah. it sounds like I'm harping on the same shit, but I just could not believe it. Uh, yeah, that's sad. That's depressing. Sad. Tutorials. Damn, I couldn't believe it. Like, there I can be tutorials coming to it, but that's just not the way to do it. Like, there are so many better ways to do it. Like you're saying, like it's it's not it's not an unsolvable problem at this point. We we should we should do better. And if it's gonna have bombastic moments, give me something at the beginning that makes me go makes my mouth drop. Holy shit. This is going to be like Uncharted does. Usually the beginning of an Uncharted game has a crazy fucking moment, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. make your jaw drop, and then you know what you're in for. You know, it's... it's yeah, just like, any, like any good movie. Yeah, any good movie. And uh, I don't know. It's just weird. I'm not even like the guy who needs bombastic shit and explosions. I just wanted to be interested, and I could not have been more bored. So I'm sorry, Fish, that you spent a couple hours of your life finally playing a video game, and that's huh? the one it was. I had to kind of satisfy the curiosity. It was it was a new game on Xbox uh, Game Pass, and I paid for game that Pass. service, so I took advantage of that and you know tried something that was totally brand new and um, was totally kicked in the balls. That's so, the amazing thing about Game Pass is yeah. like you can try it out, and you're like, okay, I I ended up trying out Devil May Cry and played play, played it for like five hours. And that game is actually fucking awesome. Devil May Cry 5. It's not like the best thing ever, but it's fucking awesome. And the story oh. is really, really dumb and really entertaining. It's like the exact opposite of Gears of War. And I'm probably going to stick with it once this dies down, maybe, right? I, yeah. There's too much mm. shit right now. Yeah. And so Game Pass is cool in that way. Stuff will surprise you. And then stuff like, let's be honest, like Gears, they could see him rush, rushing out to Game Pass because, you know, yeah. <laughs> Please, we need someone to put. I, I will say this. There are people out there that are really big Gears of War fans. I saw this gentleman. I don't know his name, and I'm not calling him out in, in a negative way. He bought like this like massive collector's edition uh, Lancer for Gears of War. It was like an actual Lancer and all this stuff. And I'm just like, there are people out there that love this series that much. And that is 
mind-boggling to me. So we're just different people, maybe. Just different people. Uh, Fish, did you play anything else? Uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, segue to Final Fantasy VIII. Good, because yeah. we can talk about that. Okay. Yeah. What do you got in the old Final Fantasy VIII chamber? How far did you get? Uh, uh, I went... I'm in Timber. I guess the Timber Forest. Um, so that's not that far, but... Um... Okay, so you played 20 more minutes. Mm-hmm. Great news. Yeah. Yeah. So we added that together at 40 minutes? No, I'm just kidding. Timber. Are you still enjoying it? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like, um, like I said, I, did, I, did I mention this in the beginning of the podcast or somewhere else in the podcast? Or uh, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> God, it's been like three, four <laughs> hours since we've been like in the Skype. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I lose track of like what we talk about because we're like we loosely talk about you know video games throughout this entire I, I don't time. know if Fish is more coherent when he plays video games or more coherent when he doesn't play video games I'm not sure right now <laughs> oh god oh god no I'm just messing yeah. uh, it's Shay had a really banging um, Final Fantasy VIII stream too and I think he got, I got to the end of the first disc you're at Timber where are you at right now Shay um, I got to the end of the first disc last night on stream. Uh, just started the second disc where uh, Laguna uh, pops back up. So that's where we're at right now. Or at where I'm awesome. at, rather. How, how did mm-hmm. the end of the first disc strike you now as a 27 year? How old are you? 30. You're 30? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Shaved a couple years off of you. 30 <laughs> year old. How did how did the end of that whole really cool sequence where you go to assassinate the, the sorceress? It's interesting because you feel about it, it? it's different, you know, playing it and watching it by yourself versus doing it on stream. Obviously, that in itself is a different experience. But it's interesting. Um, it's the whole the whole sequence of that is, you know, it it's kind of it's kind of thrust into there now. Like being an adult, like as a kid, it worked for me. It's like oh shit, this sorceress, she's gonna fucking destroy the world, I've gotta stop her. And you know, that was enough, that was enough for me as a child. And now as an adult, I was like, well, wait, well, where did this come from? Like, suddenly we're escaping, all of a sudden we're going to this garden, and then all of a sudden the world's gonna get destroyed, and all of a sudden we're just being thrust into having a killer, and it just all happened so fast. And I found myself being like, like, obviously, I know, because I've played the game, uh, but I found myself at this point being like, well, wait, who is this woman? This woman just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Why, like, why does she have to die? Like, it's this guy telling us she's trying to dominate the world, but I haven't really seen anything realistically in the game except one brief appearance by her that she's trying to take over the world. Like, where's this all coming from? And it just kind of happens so fast. And uh, it's, and as it's you, yeah. As you, the player, you and controlling these these kids, it's like, well, shit! This great responsibility is being thrust upon them so quickly. Uh-huh. I, I'm not saying it does or doesn't work. I was just, I was finding myself asking deeper questions that I actually know the answers to. But it's interesting to approach it in those different styles. As a kid, you know that works for us because. There, there's such a level of vivid imagination there when you're a child that you're able to kind of fill in those gaps or you're able to just completely look over it. You're like, 
yeah, this makes sense. There's this crazy lady, and she is going to try and take over the world. Of course I got to stop her. Like, of course, she's evil, you know? And there's no two ways about it. And, like, with your limited scope of morality at that age, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. you don't need the backstory there. But as you get older, you learn more about the world, then you are faced with that kind of uh, dilemma. You're like, okay, well, I got to look at it from the different angles. Why is this happening in this way? And it causes you to approach it completely differently. It's like, well, there, you know what? Yeah. The first time I played it, I didn't like uh, Cipher, 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 Cipher. I'm just going to call him Cipher. I didn't, I didn't the like world Cipher will never at all. Know. Yeah, the world will never know. I didn't like him at all. But this time around, I kind of do, in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, and the reason why, I wouldn't say like him, I empathize, or yeah, I do empathize with him. Because you look at kind of what he goes through in disc one, like where basically he has two friends and that's it. Either everyone doesn't like him, or everyone doesn't believe in him, or no one just gives a fuck about him. Except Fujin and Raijin. And so you have this woman who, A, is a sorceress, B, is paying attention to him. It's like, well, dude, I kind of get why his story unfolded the way it did. But as a kid, you couldn't comprehend that. You couldn't comprehend the uh, deeper implications there. The new, so new it's interesting yeah. to look at it There's from that int- kind of viewpoint. Yeah, I had the same thing happen, Shay. Like the, uh... So I guess the gist of what happens is when they go, when they get out of Timber, and they're given that second mission assignment um, to assassinate the sorceress, uh, it's interesting because there's a lot more witchy stuff wait, going wait, wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. To Timber or to Delling City? Um, so when you leave Timber, I'm sorry. Oh, you go okay. to Galbadia, you... Gar- you go to that garden where you pick up Irvin. And, you know, Galbadia, they think they're hmm. better than Balaam. They're, like, even Irvin's like, I guess I'll work with you Balaam people. You know what I mean? Like, he thinks he's better than everyone. Um, <clears throat> but when you go to that other garden... They give you that next mission to go assassinate the sorceress. And I forget specifically why, but basically she has a plan to take Galbadia Garden and use it for her means. But they don't really explain, like, why she's a bad thing. Like, it's just suddenly there's a sorceress and she's bad, right? So I was digging into it. And I'm like, that seems weird. Like, this is a, a major crux of this storyline. And there's suddenly a sorceress. Why is she a bad? What, what's going on? And what happens is yeah. they explain. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, no, I was just saying, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. They um they explain a little more later on, but when I was checking into it, because it had been a long time, Ultimicia is actually the witch from the future who had possessed Adia to become a sorceress at that time. And so she's a woman who was possessed. There's I actually three... wanted to have put a spoiler alert before you drop that. I know there are a lot of our fans oh, come who on. have not played this game it who are just now out... playing it doesn't matter. It's a new game. That's, you should definitely be prefacing things like that with a spoiler alert. Well, I don't. Is it a spoiler though? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely is a spoiler. No. I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you, but come on, 1999. Give me a break here. Um, Josh ruined Final Fantasy VII for everyone. Shay, come on, give me a break. Man, <laughs> now you're gonna make me feel yeah. bad. I I don't feel no, like that's the, a... no no no. I'm just I'm just saying. Just make sure you, you preface anything like that because especially because it is a um, new. Even though it's a twenty-year-old game, this is a release, and some people were like Mr. Hicks. This is his, I know this for a fact. It's his first time playing it. 
He mm-hmm. wasn't. I think he was just being conceived or born when this game came out. <laughs> so, sorry, like, there's Mr. some Hicks. people who are just. I don't think that's getting a big spoiler for the first time. That actually could make the it game is. more interesting for you. So, anything. Um. God. Anyways, I forgot. <laughs> the <laughs> Shady spoilers. Okay, but my point was just that Ultimicia is a very... The situation she's putting people in is very interesting. The idea that there's these candidates who are assassinating... Prin- That's one of the reasons I like Final Fantasy VIII much more than like the Persona games. Those are just kids in high school, you know? These are... In Final Fantasy VIII, these people, like, they're going on missions. They're like, what, 18, 19 years old? And they're going on missions that are life and death missions for what's to some degree like a, a mercenary academy. But Adia, uh, Ultimicia, this this major villain in the story, is not really the well that well defined. Like what, why she's bad, why she's evil. And I was looking into it, and I think that's a little bit of a bummer. Like the things she does are interesting uh, in the storyline, and the other villains and stuff you have come in contact with, and the story is really interesting overall. But as an adult. I was, I, yeah, I was sitting there thinking stuff like that. Like, man, she's not really defined. Like, her motives don't feel heavily defined or confusing at first, um, other than, you know, time compression and she wants to take over. I mean, I could ruin it for you if you want me to read it, but Shay, I don't nah. want Shay to. <laughs> nah. Don't ruin that. But Maybe one thing I want to say. Shay. One thing I want to say, a common thread there, I think I've caught in a lot of Final Fantasy games is. There's a little bit of ambiguity. Ambiguity. Ambig- what, what the fuck did I just say? I ambiguity. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You got all the syllables A little bit there. of ambiguity They were just there. in the wrong yeah. order. Words, words are hard. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> wrong order. <laughs> the uh, stress that I put on the words was peculiar. But uh-huh. um, the, no, the, there's a l- level of ambiguity in a lot of Final Fantasy games. You think about Final Fantasy VII. Like all of a sudden, ruby and emerald weapon and Ultima weapon kind of just appear, and it's kind of like loosely discussed why they appear, but it's like, where did they come from? Why are they here? What it's are they doing? <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. Like with Final Fantasy VIII, same thing. It's like, uh, granted, Josh disagrees. This... Mm-hmm. Josh gave us a face when we said that. No, that one was explained in what was it, 1950? So, sometime before it came out. As soon as they made Godzilla, there was an explanation for why the weapons showed up when the Earth is about to be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, I guess... I'm a little bit, you know, disappointed that the children didn't start singing and, you know, whatnot. I feel like this is over my head. I feel like this joke is over my head. God damn it, Josh! It went right over my head, man! I'm trying! I'm grasping! I'm reaching for it! (sighs) It's okay. But... Uh, there, there's a level of ambiguity. It's the same basic the... premise as Godzilla. Yeah, kind of. As far is. as why the weapons show up. Yeah. So, like, yeah. there's a larger evil and the weapons show up to take it down? Well, in Godzilla, there are nuclear tests and it ends up waking up this monster that had been asleep at the bottom of the sea for uh-huh. a long time. And that's basically the exact same thing that happens in Final Fantasy, but with, you know, it's not nuclear power. It's another threat to the world. So. Okay, but yeah, all right, boy. No, it's just like yeah. The the big the big thing there is, I guess, the whole point of this is just simply to say this: that there's a lot of ambiguity in a lot of the Final Fantasy games, and yeah, for some people that's not going to be enough. They want 
the deeper analysis. They want the deeper meaning. They want the connections there. And I get it. And that's fine. Sometimes I am that way with certain things. You know, we were talking about Mindhunter earlier. And the way it ends, I was like, well, I want to know why it ends the way it ends. Which led me to do research. And this is why, like, when Morgan played Final Fantasy VIII with Ultimecia, he wanted to know, what, what is this about? And then I think for yes. other people or other situations, it's better that it's kind of left open-ended. So, like, yeah, you have this... You have um, a Dia at this point where you and I have stopped Morgan and where uh, Fish is going to, hopefully, by the end of the year, get to that point. Um, it's just, like, we get, we get to that point. It's like, well... Why is she doing the, what she, what she's doing? What is prompting her? And then we get further in the story. And I think it's like, we, we kind of come from a time now where everything is answered for us. And we want that perfect level yeah. of pace. Well, And that's not how things ever end up in life, you know? And I'm not trying to make the, this big metaphorical yeah. deeper meaning, but that things don't happen like that in life. Where it's just like everything is perfectly paced. And so for us to expect that in a video game sometimes... It's a little weird. It's like we want this perfectly well-paced, thought-out story, but life rarely is that way. I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that's, like you were saying, the whole main enemy that doesn't really have a clear motive is a thing in Final Fantasy games. Um, Yes. Especially, like, the first eight. Especially the first eight. They're kind of... They want to destroy the world, so you have to kill them. Is kind of the long and the short of it for the most part. Um, like nine gets into some weirder stuff with like actually giving them motivations and you know a reason for doing a lot of that. But <laughs> until that point, they just, it just wasn't even really a thing. Like there's there's hints of that in seven as far as you know a motivation yeah. for why they want to destroy the world. But even then, it's still kind of an unspeakable evil sort of a thing. Like, they, they mm-hmm. go into more depth there. But, yeah, you're not going to you're not gonna get a ton of depth from some of the enemies. In, uh, or not some of yeah. the Anyway, anyway, whatever. Antagonist. Yeah. No, I, no, Josh, to your point, you're absolutely right. But this is, and I think this is why it fucked me up, is because there's all these human characters. Like, Ultimecia, just a witch from the future that wants to compress time and space to become a living god. Your generic... Um, Final Fantasy villain, right? Yeah. Mumbo jumbo nonsense. But all the characters have these really human stories, even though the writing is yeah. very hit or miss. But they all have these human stories, so I, I see her as a human. Ultimicia is a, a a person to some degree. Like, I, I guess I was... You just don't interact has... with her until so late in the game. Yeah. You, there's not really time to get... It's yeah. more about who she controls, like Adia, for example, mm-hmm. because Shay's already mad at me for that spoiler, but she is a person with interesting things to yeah, say. Yeah, like Adia is much more interesting. Like you're getting a lot from that part of it, but yeah, then like yeah. the actual real bad guy, you don't really I, learn enough about, I think, is kind of the only. And that's the way they were. Like, so, yeah. like Shay said, that's the way those games were. Now, you were saying that, Josh. That's fine. It's not a huge criticism. It was just like suddenly like, wow, this, the whole plot of this game has shifted. There's a sorceress. She's bad. We got to stop her. And it was very, like Shay said, right. it was very abrupt. I think that was such a, <laughs> it was such a huge tonal shift and a story shift from Final Fantasy VII, if you think about it. Because through VII, when you're playing it, you are learning everything about the main bad guys. You're learning about Sephiroth and Genova. That's a, yeah, a the ton. first thing you do. Slowly. The yeah, first right, thing yeah, you do yeah. is like, 
setting up exactly how they are, you know, that they need to be stopped. And here's why. Like, that's, that's it. Right. Like, there's more, more focus on the bad guys in Seven than there is on the main characters at the beginning. And, and you, you start getting yeah. the rest of it. But, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. And I think that's why probably a lot of people like Seven a lot more, other than, obviously, nostalgia purposes and it came yeah. out first and what it did for everything. It was a lot of people. I think first, that's why a lot so. of people like Seven yeah. more is because they fleshed out the villains so much in those in that game which necessarily doesn't or sorry doesn't necessarily mean that it had it should have the edge over eight if we're doing a comparison kind of thing but it's it definitely engrosses you more in the story even if it's a crazy whacked out story like final mm-hmm. fantasy 7 and 8 both are they have crazy stories they're interesting i like them but they're crazy that being said you know, when you're able to learn about everything from every angle and then you as a character have to approach it it makes it more compelling and i think that that was a huge difference between seven and eight and i think that was as a child i wasn't able to quite grasp that about final fantasy Hmm. eight the scope because i just got done playing seven where i learned everything except sephiroth's dick size pretty much and and that's that's how seven was but then eight was the opposite like you know about sefer or sefer god damn it i'm never going to pronounce his name right just say it uh, differently every time so i know i do i can't help it yeah. i can't help it it's hard mm. that's what she said but um cypher like <laughs> you learn about him at the beginning and then he kind of just drops away and then he comes back uh-huh. and he drops away and comes back you yeah. learn about his initial motives but then you have to spend part of the game learning about why he's doing what he's doing now. Yes. Adia, yeah. She comes in. You know, you're told what her motives are, but you never truly know until you get to a certain point in the game. And then when you learn about the other one, Ultimicia, it's like, I never really knew who this person was. And you're thrust into it towards the end of the game. And you're, you're left there wondering, like, this whole time I've been chasing phantoms kind of in a way i've been kind of i've been the pawn of balam garden's uh whole scheme i've been pawns of this kind of war that i had no idea was actually kind of going on Uh even though you learn about it in the first disc there's just a lot of things in that game where you are a pawn essentially final fantasy 7 you know what you're doing you know what's going on but eight you are spent a majority of that time being pawns in different Yeah, Yeah, basically the whole first disc, you have no idea you're involved in something larger. It's like, oh, here's your mission, go off and do this other thing, and then, yeah, it does. Like, you you start learning more and more about what's actually going on. Which is awesome, because it's it's super interesting, but, like, the characters, like you said, there's just a lot of weird question marks. Even, like, when the first time uh, Adia shows up and takes over Seifer, he, you know, Renoa Renoa and Seifer had the relationship, and then... Seifer went in and stormed the uh, TV station, and he takes the president uh, captive, and then the sorcerer shows up, and she's like, hey, you know, you should come with me, basically. And it just, I feel like there wasn't enough there. I wanted more reason as to why Seifer was abandoning everything coming with her. Like, as an adult, I wanted, like, they have so many interesting ideas that I don't think it's necessarily ba- a bad game or even bad writing. I feel like game writing 
has come so far from 1999 that, you know, it's... And Final Fantasy writing has always been a little weird, you know, a little hit and miss, but it's there were so many cool ideas that they poked at, and I love games with really good dialogue. That's why I love Red Dead so much. You'll travel somewhere and just talk to someone for 30 minutes. I love conversation. That's why we do a podcast. And I feel like the conversation in that game is just always leaves me wanting more. That, wanting more... In, that part definitely felt rushed playing it as an adult because I remember it's like, like he gets in there and he's like, we're going to take you down. And then, Oh no, I'm not doing anything. And then just like, she says one thing and all of a sudden he's like, all right, I guess I'm going with you now. All yeah. of a sudden, just like literally and the president gets away. And then it's like a, a problem. Cause the president now knows what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I took that, you know, as an adult, as a kid, I never really understood why he joined her as an adult i took it as again spoilers spoilers um that ultimicia is controlling adia at that point and i took it that ultimicia through adia controls uh cypher at that point could and be but could be. it could be it doesn't ever say never that know. but right yes, exactly yes exactly. and that's fun to speculate it could be a million with, but things. that's what i'm saying you're left to fill in these gaps with like hopeful and i don't mind that (laughs) i don't mind that though like i really don't it's it's fine because it's again a at the end of the day it's a game b we don't always get the answers we want and i think that's one of the the best qualities about final fantasy 8 um is that with 7 it was very like there are some you know detours but it's a very streamlined story you knew from the beginning to the end what you were doing and why you were doing it. And it's just you enjoying the journey to get to the end from the beginning. Whereas Final Fantasy VIII, like we talked about in disc one, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're doing. You're having these flashbacks for this person you've never met in your life before. You have, uh, what was what her name? Elor? Eleanor? El- Elor? Alone. 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 Thank you. She yeah. pops up randomly once or twice in the disc, and you're like, and you're like, what? Who's that? You are. Yeah. And like, all these things are happening, and you're trying to kind of piecemeal it together. And there yeah. are these different parts of the story that are coming together, and you don't know why it's happening either. And it was very ambitious. It's interesting. It was yes, very yes. ambitious. It was not a streamlined story process. You were getting, you were having, you're taking this journey, but you were having these other external things happening that were kind of out of your control that you didn't fully understand. And the whole game is like taking all these different little webs. And then it's like, it's exactly like a spider web, you know, like you have all these little different things kind of happening in the periphery and then it all comes together in the middle. And that's when you reach the end of the game. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And then the last thing I'll say is just that I feel like between the game writing has come a long way. And the translation is spotty at times. I've read a lot about the translation online. Her entire speech, like Adia's speech at the end of Dealing City, is completely different in Japanese. So there is a mixture, a confluence of events that I think affects the writing. But yeah, I agree. Ambitious, super interesting. Uh, looking back on well, it, though, there's some. <laughs> there's definitely I don't, some. Like, uh, the translation thing, I will just say this. We talked about this privately. It's going to be different because it's a culture. It's, yes. um, there are certain words that are in Japanese that we don't have an English translation to and vice versa. So, of course, it's, it's, there's never going to be a perfect translation from one language to another. 
because of that. But like you said, it, it, it is a little weird at times. But but I'm saying all the buts. However <laughs> <laughs> However, I think it's still a great game. Uh I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. I, like you said, I am too. We're only, I think we're only nit, like not nitpicking, but we're only ripping these little things apart because as adults, these are things that are fun to analyze and talk about. Like we're having yeah. this really interesting conversation about the game and the characters because there are these weird, either inconsistencies or vague right. ambiguities, and that's okay. It's just weird, you know. It's right. an old it's, game. It's, it's funny to think about it like in this way when we were kids talking about this game. We weren't talking about this stuff. We were like, oh, did you get to that one yeah, card? Did yeah. you get that triple triad card? Like, we're talking about it at that level. Because mm-hmm. that was at where the interest lied within the game. Yeah. But as adults, we're analyzing, like, the deeper implications and story behind it. It's interesting to think about, from a kid to an adult, what you talk about when you experience something like a video game. It just it's it's cool to think about, oh, as a kid, when I was playing Final Fantasy X, I remember in art class, I was talking with people about, oh, what Blitzball characters do you have? Like, which, where are these certain ones at? But now as an adult, it's like, well, I want to talk about um, the implication from Braska and why he left Titus behind and, all, you know, like, for example, you know, it's just like interesting to look at the different um, spoiler conversations. I didn't say any spoilers. Oh, I'm just messing with you. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I, I I agree. I agree. It's it's interesting. Very interesting. I'm sorry, fish. We stepped all over your toes there. You said timber, and then next thing you know, you sent us off down. The mm-hmm. Yelled you out timber and everything. Well, actually, yeah, I I I love that uh, conversation you guys had there. It's interesting. I'm excited mm-hmm. for you to get farther, and whenever yeah. you get time, I will say to both of you, when you, if you get a chance next year, because it, it's crazy and it'll be cheaper. 12 holds up really well from the analyzing as an adult perspective. Most of it's it on does. sale. It's on sale right now. Yeah, 12 is really good. I, I like I said, I enjoyed 12 so much as a 33 year old adult. It's ridiculous. Um, and that's saying a lot because most Final Fantasy games I don't think would hold up under that scrutiny. Uh, anyway, Shape played a lot of Final Fantasy, so I think that's a, a way us to bookend Final Fantasy talk. Um, because there's gonna be a lot of games coming out in the future. Oh my god, guys, I'm so excited to talk to you guys about control. That's me, that's telekinesis. That's me ripping something out of the ground. Me grabbing a LaCroix can from my desk and throwing it. Fish, I actually I took a video for the VIP page where I I walked up to a, No, Josh Squall and Renault are not related. You stop that. Um stop it. Uh, no, stop it. He's Josh is saying terrible things in the chat. Uh, I'm saying true things, but anyway, man, maybe you're right. Has I'll it let been you that go. Long? Um, no, so here's the thing about uh, there's a funny thing I did in Control Fish in the last night. I walked into a pallet jack because you can look at different items to throw with telekinesis. Mm-hmm, and I was, mm-hmm. I thought of you in all your warehouse working days. And I just picked up a pallet jack and I just threw it at a guy twice, right in his face, and it was fucking amazing. Um, wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah those, just, those things are heavy, man. Like, oh if you my get god, hit by a huge. pallet jack. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's game yeah, over. Imagine, 
And it's funny, like even some things like with the janitors, there was a there was a janitor's cart that I picked up and like it took the broom out and I threw that first and then I got to throw the actual cart. There's some funny shit like that. Um I just got telekinesis last night when I was playing the game. Oh no, or maybe it was the night before. And that was like up until that point I was loving the story, but I thought the gunplay was just um serviceable is the word I would use. Serviceable. Um, and it's not a cover shooter. The cool thing about control is you have to move all the time. So you will never take cover. Well, you can take cover, but it's mostly just standing behind something. It's not like you press a button to leech up on, on an object. Um, and again, thank you, Reverend Rock, and, uh, Reverend Rock and Roll, for buying this game for the crew, uh, me in particular, because I am loving the shit out of it. So telekinesis and all the powers are the best part of the game I've found so far. I have three of them, okay? The first one, Josh, I know you only played an hour, but you have the, um, did you get the first power where she just sort of like shockwaves people? No. No. Okay. I was, actually, I don't know if I told you, I was telling somebody, I thought you were there, maybe not, um, that, um, because of the, uh, streaming issues when I stopped, I didn't really have a lot of time to play and, uh, then went on to rebuild systems, so I had to reinstall everything, and since I'm already reinstalling everything, I didn't have time to play for a little bit longer and was just waiting until my new graphics card got in so I could oh, play with that. Oh, the really nice one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, Because the visual, there's going to be some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've heard all the hype about that. I don't need to. Yeah. You know, yeah, I figured, figured since I'd already been forced to put it off for like a week that I'd give it a couple more days and wait for that to, just go a little to get longer. in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so the story I thought was immediately interesting and I try to want to talk about it in a way that doesn't just harp on the things people have already talked about a lot in the media. A lot of what people have already talked about is like the documents that you can find walking around the building that have this really interesting flavor text. Yeah. Um, that stuff is all great, but like for me, the vibe and the character, the character, her name is Jesse. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, she's having a lot of dialogue with herself, but there's a reason why that is. And so she's narrating. A lot of what's going on in the game and does a really good job of that. Um, really well voice acted. The production values are really insane. I'm on an Xbox One X, like all the facial technology and everything is like top tier for me. Um, the visuals, it runs real. I've heard bad things about it running on like baseline PS4s and Xboxes, but on the Xbox One X, mostly runs really, really, really well. I can say that. Um, but so, like, you have the intrigue, you have the story set, everything. The big thing that was a question mark for me is the combat. And like Josh said, the shooting is just serviceable at best, or he, he actually probably liked it less than I did. Um, but when you start to get the powers, it's really fun, Josh. Like, the first power you get is sort of a generic, like, you push someone from, like, a foot away, <laughs> knock them back. Yeah. But it feels really good. The telekinesis is so fucking fun. And the coolest thing about the telekinesis, I think, is also just watching how much the environment gets destroyed. Like... They put a lot of work yeah. into, like, you throw something at a wall, you can watch it shatter, the, the dent in the wall, the things it hits around it. Like, it's all, you know, yeah. there's some physics there, obviously. The attention to detail is really impressive in this game. Yes. Not, I mean, A, a with, like, the, what you can destroy in the world, but also just the world itself. Like, I noticed this, I mentioned this on stream, like, just in the first couple minutes, you pass this janitor doing his rounds in the, in the building. As you go there, you can see where he's mopped on the floor. Yeah, like they put, right? Like, yeah. nobody does these things. And that was just mm-hmm. such a cool moment. Like, passing the guy and seeing all these, you know, 
circular mop marks from where he's been cleaning. Um, it's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's because they focused on a smaller, it's not small, but it's smaller than like an open world game, mm-hmm. but like a Metroid style exploration kind of thing. But because of that, Josh, yeah, they go to, there's so much detail they can add to it. But like, just watch when you start using the telekinesis, all the little things in the environment you can grab and throw or like how they inter- interact with the environment. Uh, it's, it's super interesting and fun. And then I just got a dash last night where you press B and if you're in midair, you literally can dash like almost like platforming from one Mm. place to another. And if you're on the ground, you can go side to side, front to back. And it's like a quick move. Like, Mm. like you feel like a nice jolt and the controller is a nice rumble. But what's cool about it is it all uses that energy bar. So everything you use, that's a power comes from the same energy bar, which you can upgrade. There's actually loot in the game, which is a little weird. Like, it's not like, not like Borderlands loot, but there's loot that drops and it has like common, uncommon, stuff like that on it, which I thought was weird at first. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but it's pretty subdued. Maybe more hmm. like a God of War kind of thing, you know, where it has a loot, but it's much more subdued, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can uh, equip different abilities to your, your gun, the living gun that you have. And uh, it's there. So there is an upgrade tree there that I've messed with a little bit, but I haven't had too much problems with the game being difficult because. I'm just really enjoying playing the game, so it makes me play it really well. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm making sure I'm bolting around, grabbing things in my environment. The, the, the best way I'd put it, Josh, is I use the gun as a cooldown fill. When my, yeah. when my, when my powers well, are tapped out... Only when you out, have to. I'm sh- yeah, I'm shooting people. Mm-hmm. Or, like they ha- or you throw like a fucking chair at them and they have one shred of health left, pop them once. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you get this dance down with both of them. That's, it almost reminds me of, like, here's a good metaphor, Bioshock. Where Bioshock was not a great shooter, yeah. but average shooting with the really fun abilities. Yeah, the guns were serviceable. Like, like, well, they were they were kind of like setup tools, or not even like yeah, like they yeah. played off like you'd you'd electrocute an enemy and it would sit there completely still, and then you could just you know shoot them like you're saying, um, mm-hmm. get a headshot or something. It, it's yeah, I can see how that would work well once they finally give you the upgrades, because, like, that's what I was feeling when you start off with just the gun. Like, because even when you just have the gun, the melee already feels better than the gun. It's like, you can tell that yeah. that's just there yeah. as kind of a stopgap. Like, okay, I guess you need a gun, because this is a shooter, and it's just kind of there. But, yeah. Maybe you did get the first ability. Was the melee, like, a push? Like, a force push? It's just melee. You just oh, just like things. punching? Okay. Yeah. No, well, I mean, that's no, different. it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's, did, did, did the ground crack when you did it? Cause no, if not, it's really loud. I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll see when you, yeah. it's been a while. I know it's hard to say, but, um, no, but the gun even gets a little more interesting. Like you get abilities, like, let's say it's stronger after you've just killed someone. So if you, let's say you throw something at somebody and you kill them and then the gun, your, your damage goes up. Right. So hmm. then the gun becomes more useful. So there's, there's an interplay there. That's interesting. And I'm only about. I played it a lot last night, I think about five or six hours in, and um, I think my, my biggest criticism so far would just be, so the world is super interesting, at times it can be a little bland, I mean, it's it's like, if you've watched Mindhunter or anything about the FBI, it's sort of like the inside looks like you'd imagine like Quantico or something like that, right? A, a generic FBI building, offices and stuff. But there are all these little quirks they put around it to give it personality, funny posters and stuff, and of course they have the weird interdimensional, like, objects of power and like rooms will shift and that yeah. stuff from architecture like the art design on that is amazing right but 
oftentimes, like I played a part last night where I was traversing in this area with like large pipes and it was like in a sewer and it just kind of looked like, hmm. you know, some of the, the environments look gorgeous, but can be a little bland at times. Um, but they also can be incredible at times. Like, like I said, where like the walls are coming in and out and it's fucking with your head. It's, yeah. So it's like a mixture of like kind of generic, but also some of the best art direction of the year. It's really weird. Um, and the checkpoints are a little weird. So you, if you die, you have to run all the way back through areas you were already at, but oftentimes the enemies will still be dead and you'll have things that you collected, mm. but they still make you run. It's actually more akin to Metroid than you think. Cause if you remember like in Metroid, you get a save room, but if you died on a boss that was like seven rooms away, you'd still have to run back to him. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of that same idea. Um, I'm really hyped about this game. I'm going to play it tonight, probably three more hours in the stream, maybe longer for like a night owl stream. I am, I am just really, really digging it. I'm, I'm in the story. The gameplay, surprisingly, is just super fun with all the powers. Um, and I don't want to ruin a lot because I think a big part of the appeal of this game is the discovery. Fish, you've yeah. got to try this at some point because I think this might be one for you that you pick up. And it might hook you. Mm -hmm. It just might do it, because I know it you. It sounds great. It sounds like uh, my type of game. Triple A. Triple A. Wow. Bioshock kind of power system. Mm -hmm. Weird story. I like um, that. Yeah. Beautiful redhead. I mean, can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. You should have led with that, actually. Beautiful redhead. That's <laughs> a creepy jan no, The janitor is fucking wild, too. I just started doing missions. But the janitor is... There's some characters in this game that are... Let's put it this way. One how weird this game is. There's pictures of like the directors and all these important people in the FBI bureau on the wall, right? And there's a picture of the janitor from behind mopping, mm -hmm. framed on the wall like a painting. It's it's weird. Um, and even if it's just weird for the sake of being weird, it seems like a pretty fun ride in that way. So, um, yeah. I I'm really excited to see how it pans out. Control. Thank you, Reverend. I'm gonna stick with it. A lot of fun. Um, I will definitely highly recommend it to everyone. Josh, I'm excited for you to get your card so we can probably talk about it maybe maybe for one more week uh, down the road. Uh, but Josh, mm -hmm. yes, you've been playing something called Blasphemous? Uh, is that it? Or Blasphemy? What is it called? Uh, Blasphemous. Blasphemous, okay. Um, sacrilegious, don't let your children in the room when we're streaming it. Uh -huh. what, what's the deal with this like soul, pixel art souls-like kind of a thing? Um, it is a combat-focused metroidvania um with like a more kind of deliberate combat than a lot of those games usually have um that i have been like I, I didn't know it was a thing until i heard that it came out and people were enjoying it um but the like the the big hook kind of like you said there is it's souls like like it's it's not as souls like as a lot of the other so many games have tried that as far as like, let's make everything really hard and it's the souls of this or that. Um, this one isn't that much so much in like the difficulty or the um, death mechanics as it is in kind of taking that approach to the storytelling and stuff. Like all the items have flavor text explaining kind of different, uh, di different bits about the world. Um, and a lot of the characters have that same sort of, so vague you don't know if it's useful until way later type of dialogue um going on so they're taking more of the storytelling 
approach that uh the souls games have um which i th- i think it works it's been it's it's a strange sort of game because um it's taking a lot of uh spanish catholic imagery and ideology and kind of turning it into its own world uh to explore and not using like they're not using any exact names so as to not offend anybody by actually being blasphemous like it's all you know saints and stuff that don't exist um at least okay. as far as i know unless there are more obscure <laughs> ones that but anyway it's uh it's kind of like this own world but based off of a lot of the um a lot of the kind of guilt and self-flagellation that's you know been a part of that culture for so long because uh this is something i didn't really know until i went to spain and was kind of a shock when i was there is um a lot of the imagery that the kkk stole as far as what they dress up like and whatnot was kind of taken wholesale from uh spanish catholic uh Oh, festivals wow. and that, stuff. Yeah, which is why you have this main character with this really tall, cone-headed looking mask thing, and a couple of yeah, the other characters you see have that. like, well, they've got a big cone, you know, mask thing covering their face. Like, what's what's going on with that? And if if you don't really know the culture it's coming out of, it's going to seem a little strange because that was a shock when we were first there because, um like especially specifically to this game um like one of the um i don't want to say festival that's the wrong word but um ceremonies somewhere between festival and ceremony and my brain's not working but um that one of the you know religious festivals early in the year is this kind of like they're saying it's 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 about penitence and you know showing how sorry you are as you walk through the town. And anyway, a part of that is, you know, not taking any credit for, you know, the self-sacrifice you're doing there. And so they have these, you know, they look like KKK hoods on as they do this. And that was a little bit strange because I hadn't seen, you know, a group of people dressed like that marching through a town before. It would be a little weird at first. It would be a little weird at first. So there's some of that imagery that is really neat. And they're kind of taking that and kind of like a souls thing. Like what if, you know, all of this, you know, guilt and stuff had like this, you know, a different, different world built around it and kind of exploring that. Um, And it's, it's been really interesting, really good. Um, I, I'm not. not gonna end up streaming any more of it just because i was talking to you guys about this um there is because so much of this is kind of based around you know purgatory and you know pain and stuff there's an awful lot of um just nudity because these characters are you know in the middle of being tortured and stuff and it's not sexualized at all, so I like I didn't even notice it going into the game, and then I'm looking through, back through the vods. I'm like, oh, that's that's a little uh, that's a little I, pixelized penis it, there, and, and like 
there's stuff like that that I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be streaming this. So I think I, I'm, yeah, I kind of wish go through from the software had, myself. So I kind of wish from software right. had uh, tackled this because, like, with their art direction, the penis and, <laughs> tackled the. I wish they would have tackled the the penis. Um, yes. I wish everyone would tackle the penis. It's just like uh, just how It'd make vivid your life and like a lot easier, and how sort of uncomfortable a lot of the imagery is. Like to see that on a scale of something like Dark Souls, I think would be really cool, um, and like really probably haunting. Um, but I know you're a big fan. Like Josh is kind of a you're like kind of like, I don't I don't say the sucker in a pejorative way, but you're kind of a sucker for the Castlevania style games, um, especially pixel art. I notice you play a lot of those. Yeah, I don't um, think they could do this forward. with really a better art style than they already did because the animations are just gorgeous in this game. Like, it's some of the best uh, best pixel art animations I've seen in a long time. Really? Um, did they yeah. make anything prior? This The company that made uh, um, Blasphemous? Let me see here. I got it pulled up on, my, on the old phony. Yeah, why don't you... Tell me, I, not that I know of. It's possible that they did, but not. I don't. Nothing I've played. So okay, because I was just curious if they had a prior. Because it kind of just can't. Let's be honest. In the middle of a pack slate, this game came out of nowhere. It's not really user friendly from the imagery. And Josh was saying he was playing something called Blasphemous. I'm like, what? I've never heard of this. Typical Josh playing something I never heard of. Um. So I I hope it doesn't backfire on them kind of the the release window seems a bit rough for Looks a game like, like this made a couple others but no, again nothing i've played okay nothing you played the last door yeah. are you looking at the same stuff yeah yeah i'm not playing last, anything else they've, yeah. they've made send us some maybe some really small indie stuff even beyond your grasp of independent josh mm-hmm. <laughs> past past your fingers uh do you think we would like it do you think anybody on the podcast would enjoy that game or is it too brutal for our no, it's actually not all that difficult um, as far as, like, I, I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, it being really Souls-like or whatnot. It's really not all that difficult. It's got, um, getting to the new save point can be slightly challenging sometimes because you have the same sort of, you know, limited health recovery thing that the Souls games have. Um, yeah. So sometimes you'll get you know, like these tense moments where like, okay, I've taken a lot of damage. I've got to play perfectly until I get to the new, you know, save spot, new save point. Um, but for the most part, it's not, it's not as, uh, tough as some of the others. They're punishing. Okay. They're yeah. Like there will be new enemies in each of the areas and there's not really a lot, um, to signify whether you're going to be dodging or parrying their attacks and other than trial and error. Um, but you've got enough health to take some hits, so it's not like and and then once you figure out how to fight them, they're not really all that threatening but um yeah, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed the combat just because all the all the enemies do have different ways you have to handle them, uh so you get into a nice rhythm kind of um just fighting a variety of enemies so is that p c only or is uh, it, that'd be a great switch. PC game. Switch. I'm not sure. Is it the what Switch? Else. <gasps> nice. Yes, it's on the Switch. Man, I can't believe that Nintendo would allow that blasphemy on their system. Sorry, I had to do it. 
Let's see here. The yeah, Looks Nintendo like Switch, PS4. Yeah. Yep. The Game Kitchen. That's the developer. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks pretty wild. It really does. I kind of like the imagery stuff kind of is interesting to me. I just feel really overwhelmed right now with all of these games. Oh, I know. There's so much coming out right now, and I'm already behind because, <sighs> like, there were a bunch of major games coming out all at once, and then also, like, three of the Kickstarter games that I've backed over the last few years came out within just a few weeks. So it's like, it's like <laughs> everything, everything has hit all at once, and so I've... It's a yeah. shitstorm. Fubar! Yeah. And then Fubar! somehow I decided to play Blasphemous. You know, just in the middle yeah. of all of that, I'm like, eh, this looks like my sort of thing, and yeah, came out of nowhere. Like a Josh thing to do. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Like I was up. That's <laughs> way too late. I think I was up to like three last night playing it because it was just it's so good. Wow. Yeah. That's and it. I've I've not well, that, done that with a game in a long time. So that's crazy because that was how me with Control too. I haven't been up till like one in the morning in a mm-hmm. long time for me. So it sounds like yeah, it's not, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. It's a good problem to have. It's not like there's a lot of bad stuff out. There's a lot yeah. of good shit. Right there's now. a lot of good stuff. Like there's, it's hard to go wrong right now. Like you're gonna find something you like. Yeah. Even like it was almost a problem. Like even going back to Game Pass and finding Devil May Cry and being like, "Well, this is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool." If only I didn't have seven thousand other things I need to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to have a, a piece of that for the, for, you know, just for the understanding. That's a game I'd like to go. It's weird because Devil May Cry is a series that I used to be. If you'd have asked me when the first one came out, I'd have been like, "Devil May Cry is one of my favorite games." You know. Yeah. And then it just sort of like, oh, fa- trailed off. You know. Yeah, I absolutely loved one. Two was so terrible that I didn't really play anything else other than just like renting or something until uh, DMC, kind of the the reboot here. Did you play the reboot? Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I've not gotten around to five yet, which is kind of going back to that original continuity Um, again. Okay, so this five is not connected to the reboot. No, I believe it's, I believe DMC is kind of its own continuity. I'm not sure. Like I like it's I've not kept up on all <laughs> the lore the of, of Devil problem. May Cry. Yeah. But my that's... understanding is that DMC is more of a reboot that's not really connected to the numbered games. But it may be in some way that is not immediately yeah. apparent unless you're really uh, in uh... on the series. So I agree. Like it's, I, I, we, there's no way you guys are gonna have probably time to get to it, but it is on Game Pass. But Devil May Cry is some of the most outlandishly awful and entertaining cinematics I have seen all year, from the naked woman rolling out of the a boss that I beat to some of the most horrifically creepy enemies. To <laughs> at one point, Nero turns his sword and revs it like a car and makes. I think he says a line about marshmallows roasting marshmallows on a boss. It's it's <sighs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's like, it's like one of those beautiful train, like you can't stop looking at it bad. You know, it's very mm-hmm. unnerving. It's almost the definition of a guilty pleasure, but a lot of the art direction on the enemies is amazing. And the combat, oh, come on, it's Devil May Cry. Yeah. It feels great. It's, I forgot how, it, what it felt like to hit an enemy in the air, like 30 feet and shoot them 17 times before their body could even hit the ground. Boom, 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 boom. Just takes forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. It's pretty cool. Oh shit! Well, we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Um, hopefully, we can latch on, double up on some of these games. I mean, Borderlands Three will probably be the spotlight conversation. It'll be the first game all four of us have probably played in months. So mm-hmm. that should be a fun talk. Well, let's get the hell out of here. It's been crazy. Oh no, Shay polls. I remembered. We have Patreon polls. I remembered. I Hooray! Remembered. <laughs> what are you, kid? 
This isn't I, your first dog and pony show. I don't. But pony shows are outlawed now in Mexico. You know. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. No. Okay. Are so, they? um, oh, I asked the question last week for our patrons about um, basically what since we had reached our three year mark, what they thought that we could approve upon or do. And there's some people talking about, uh, talking about us doing more like gaming talk and whatnot. It feels like that we've been kind of not, they didn't say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way that we've been slacking on the gaming talk lately, that we've been focusing on other segments more, uh, to put it bluntly. And I, you know, I, I think that's fair. Um, it was a slower time this past month, so we had focused on a little bit more other stuff than gaming as of late. I think that's fair to say. Absolutely. I think it's fair to say that we were being lazy. No, that's to, not no, true. No, you're right. You're right. We weren't being lazy. We just, <laughs> we were focusing on other parts. So I, I asked the, One thing I always tell, I don't, if I, if I could briefly just interject. Oh, you, sorry, oh, you sorry. haven't talked enough today? Thank you. I haven't. No. I, oh, okay. Shay, I, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, you know me, I got endless amounts of fumes. <laughs> Jeez, I'm just... I got more and more takes, baby. I'm just gonna... No, please keep going. I'll just fucking with you. Um, I, one thing I always try to tell the people, and it's a, absolutely a fair criticism or observation. Let's say observation. Especially during the slower months, one of the great things about the structure of our shows allows the topic of the show and polls and things like that to sort of help us whenever games are really slow, but in crunch time in fall, it's always brutal because the shows you'll notice are going to get longer and longer because it's game time. So it's, it's, it saves us in the slow times, but in the busy times, we feel the pressure. That's all I was going to say. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for me personally, I never know, I guess if you guys ever want to hear us talk about older games, you know what I mean? Like I had, I had played it last month and we never ended up getting around to talk about it, which is perfectly fine. But I'd played Oregon, Oregon Trail, which is a zombie version of that. And I had a lot of fun with that. But I was like, does anyone really want to hear us talk about that? I don't know, you know. So um, that's one other thing, I guess, there. But anyways, so I asked the patrons what what they thought was the most important part about our show. And the Reese was not reason was not like self-flagellation or anything like that to promote ourselves or anything like that. It was simply because we're trying to restructure some things in the show and whatnot. So, um, not necessarily change anything. We're looking at making these changes more like at the beginning of next year. We're, we're exploring ideas and stuff like that. So that's why I asked the question. So the choices were intro slash up, topic of the week, listener comments, social media polls, or gaming talk. I wanted to know what was the most important for the patrons. You know, like, what do they look forward to the most? Two of the 12 that voted said the intros, three said topic of the week, three said listener comments, one said social media polls, and three said gaming talk. So really, you guys are all over the place. But that's okay. So basically... Just what means I they love everything. Of, they love well, everything. <laughs> what I what, what I got out of that is, in our show, there's a section that everyone enjoys, essentially. Yes. Which, yeah. which is what makes me happy. Basically, we have all these segments, and they all add up to what you get to listen to. Essentially, 
I was just curious because, like I said, we're going to be looking... I don't want to reveal too much right now, but we're looking at possibly rolling out a a new podcast within within the time frame probably being the beginning of next year. Not right now, because obviously we're getting ready to hit that video game slaughterhouse, but we're we're tossing around ideas and stuff right now about doing a little side podcast and focusing a little bit either we're going to focus more intently on one of those specific segments or we're going to open it up to be something brand new and so just kind of doing some questions right now some investigating for our sake that way we can figure out what we're going to be doing in the near future but yeah that's pretty much it and before i forget the word of the month if so i had one person message me uh earlier this past week about the word of the month they had gotten it it actually was mr hicks but since he won it last month can't win it two months in a row so Mm -hmm. if someone else wants to guess that word of the month they get a free five dollar patreon tier uh so we will gift that to you so if you win it this month for the month of october you will be a five dollar patreon member which means you get access to the polls on patreon you get access to the shout outs at the end of the month that we do you get access to the super exclusive unique secret instagram page with yours truly the filipino johnny and you get to interact with us there not just us though the community that is there which is fervent and wonderful so if you guess that word you get access to that for free and the word has been said not only by me this podcast but by another member and they were said within 10 minutes of each other and clue and they were within the first, I believe, 45 minutes of the show. Good luck. Um, yes. And, you know, I love these little candid sections at the end because, you know, if you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp, you can help us grow. And we want to be able to create more content, but it's a huge time investment on our families and our, our lives and our situations. So if those tiers get bumped up a little financially, it's just because. Yeah, I have to be able to look at my wife with a straight face and tell her why I want to make another podcast. So <laughs> that that'll help. But everyone's been so incredible um, in our Instagram community. So check it out. It's his top secret VIP Instagram page, the Filipino Johnny Depp. Just go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. And Shay, what if they want to buy merchandise? What if they love our show so much they want to buy merchandise? Oh, you know, in the past it, it was something we kind of had to suck up. But you know what? Not anymore. If you go to redbubble.com slash people slash swordchomp, you have access to not one. <laughs> no, not two, but three different designs you can choose from. And they have a ton of stuff. Um, they have shirts. They have sweatshirts. They have phone covers. They have duvets. They have shower curtains. They have clocks. Unfortunately, they don't have life-size mold of fish's penis yet but we are working feverishly please be patient we are working 
so hard to get Fish's Hard Penis on our merch site. But until then, check it out. It's some awesome stuff. The quality is really great. Some of our awesome, awesome, wonderful fans have already bought some shirts and other pieces of memorabilia from them, and they look great. On top of that, we will feature you on our social media because we love you guys very, very much. And we want to show off your beautiful faces with our beautiful logo to the world. Mm-hmm. Good green. So, a lot of exciting stuff happening over the next couple months from games to sword chomp changes to merchandise podcasts. This is my favorite time of the year, but it's also fucking madness. So let's get the hell out of here, guys. It's been a great show. Shay joining us from Japan. Fish from Texas. Joshua Fowler from Michigan. And of course, I am joining from Montana. <sighs> we have two side pods cast that you can follow if you enjoy our content one is called in the blood we have some older interviews i did where i interview composers and we have a podcast called evoking the sublime where shay has interviewed people uh in the gaming industry creators and those are always a lot of fun to go back to if you're new to the sword chomp family it's been a lot of fun let's get to the borderlands control and blasphemous i can't want to call it blasphemy i know it's hard i don't know why i do the same thing like you think well, I think it's because it's an adjective, and game names just almost always do nouns. So. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, let's get the hell out of here. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you next week for an all-new Chomp Cast.